0: Hare Krishna, please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you very much for attending this session and uh, thank you for those of you who will be watching this session later on as a recording. We are live streaming on our personal YouTube channel as well as our personal Facebook channel, as well as ISKM TV YouTube channel and ISKM uh, Facebook channel. So, uh I would humbly, rec- uh, humbly ask of you to share the link with uh, your friends and relatives. Let them know um, that it has started. So if you can share in the groups, um, let them know that we are live and that we are about to begin. <clears throat> so we are continuing our um, um, series. Um, so this is under the title, uh, Addressing Krishna Conscious Taboos. So we have started that to try to discuss topics which might be a little bit controversial or uneasy to discuss. Uh, It is very important to discuss such topic in order to to gain knowledge uh, by which we will be able to uh, develop real jnana vairagya, so realization and uh, actual renunciation of uh, material material life. So it's very important to discuss these things. So thank you very much for joining us. Uh, This second mini-series is entitled Asatsanga Tiag so giving up the company of non devotees uh, Last week we had the first episode, which was about sending our Krishna conscious children to karmi schools. So we have covered um, this topic uh, as best as we could, uh, and uh, I think uh, we have spoken about a lot of very good points. Shri Prabhupada made it very clear, that he wants our children to become Krishna conscious. That is the main thing, and that he he did not stress so much on material education. So this is what we have shown in the previous um, uh, the previous class, you know. And before that, there was a series which was called Sridharma. So <clears throat> we discussed. Um, the regulative principles and the religious principles for women in our Krishna consciousness movement as well as why it's so important uh, for our women to show by example they they will be the the leading women of the world uh, first class ladies in our movement and why it was so important also the first episode was about um, why we should get our young girls married earlier in life Um, so we have so many quotes concerning this the second episode was Concerning devotee divorces, because it does happen sometimes, especially in the West, uh, devotee that divorce. So we have explained how this is not in accordance with Shastra. Divorce does not exist. If really husband and wife cannot live together, still they can live separate, but there's no question of divorce. Anyway, we have covered that topic. So uh, if you're interested in any of these topics, you can go back into our description below. We can see um, our live, you go into our live tabs, you know, it should be there. You can find those, so addressing Krishna conscious taboos. And the third episode in Street Dharma was the danger of beautiful wives. Uh, and we have spoken about how uh, choosing one's partner should not be based on physical attraction, but should be based uh, upon uh, how will that wife help me advance spiritually, or how will that husband, uh, you know, be a good devotee and protect me. So in this way, uh, we have done two mini-series. We're in the middle and the second one. Today, we will be discussing um, karmi, family, and friends. So uh, that is, uh, you see, that is a very important topic because we're all going through this. Practically almost all of us had to go through that. Um, I guess those of us who don't have to go through this is maybe... Uh, those who are um, born devotee and are have been really fully protected. But you see, even those who are born devotee, there's some entanglement here and there with friends or some maybe distant relatives in this way. So it actually touches all of us. Oh, we might be born devotee, we might be marrying someone who was not a devotee and, and their family members. So actually this topic really touches every single one of us and it is especially important to discuss this in, Um, in the beginning of our Krishna consciousness uh, so that we know how to deal you know we all have these family members who are not in accordance uh, with what we're trying to choose for our lives we're trying to become devotees and sometimes it's our very close family like our very own parents our brothers and sisters in this way sometimes it's even uh, you know later in life someone is joining krishna consciousness and someone it's even the partner it might be the husband or the wife who is not fully uh, cooperative for our development in krishna consciousness so how to deal with this shall we renounce them if we don't is there a danger all these things we will try to cover um i hope that uh, I will be able to present Shapropa's teachings in their pure form, so this is my only aim. So we shall begin with the Mangalacharana, uh, trying to invoke the mercy of the Acharyas, without which we are not able to discuss anything. This is our process, Acharya Upasana. We only present what the Acharyas have spoken, that's all. We don't change anything. We don't adulterate anything, we don't add or subtract anything. In this way, we are protected. Uh, Achara Upasana. Achara Sampradaya. So, whatever Śrīla Prabhupāda has given us is whatever Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswatī Thakur Maharaj has given him. And is whatever his spiritual master. And in this way, Parampara means the disciplic conclusion. That is Parampara. Hmm. The knowledge that was spoken you know, 5,000 years ago by Krishna should be repeated as it is now. That is parampara system. There should be no adulteration. There should be no other motive than to simply follow the predecessor's instructions. That is pure devotional service. So this is what we are humbly trying to do. Uh, we are not saying that we are successful, but somehow or other uh, we are getting inspired to give these classes and we are hearing good uh, comments upon these classes. So... We, we hope that Shri can keep on blessing us. So we shall start with the Mangalacharana prayer. So here we are sharing. I believe you're seeing. Yes. Om Ajna Timiranda Gyananjala Shalakaya Chakshurun yanataismai shri gurave namah Shri Chaitanya manobhishtam Stapitam yanabhutale Swayam rupah kadamahyam dadatisvapadantikam Vandeham shri guruho shri utah Padakamalam shri gurum vaiśnavamsca rupam sagrajatam sahaganah Raghunantam vitam tam sa jivam Sādvaitam savadutam parijanam sahitam Krishna Chaitanya she radha Krishna padam sahagana la lita. She E Krishna karuna sindu. Dina banto jagat pate. Go pesha kanta. Radha kanta namustu te. Gaurangi Radhe vrindavaneshwari. Rishibanu sute devi. Pranamami hari priye. Vanchakal Kripa sindu bevacha patitanam Pavane pavanebhyo vaishnavebhyo namo nama. Nama om Vishnu padaye Krishna pristaye bhutale. Shimati bhaktivedanta swamini tinamine. Namaste sarasvati deva gaurvani pricharine. Nirvishai shashunyavadipascha chade shetarine. Jai Shri Krishna chaitanya prabunityanalla. Shiyadvaita gadadhar shavasari gaur bhaktavrilla. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Rama, Hare Hare. Thank you very much and welcome to this fifth episode on the the topic of addressing Krishna conscious taboos. We are in the second series entitled Asat Sangha Giving Up the Association of Non-Devotees. This is the second episode in this series, and we will be discussing today family and uh, karmis, family and friends. So, how to deal, what to do. So, uh, Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu instructs all of us, especially Grihastas, because for brahmacharis, you know, for Valnaprastas, sannyasi, they are renounced. They are not entangled into this family affairs. They have no outside friends or uh, family whom they have to answer to. Uh, A brahmachari's business is to be in the ashram, serve the guru, and he's engaged morning to night in Krishna conscious activities. He has no botheration. Therefore, Śrīla Bhakti Siddhāntas Thakur said that this brahmachari life is very nice. Because if you want to sleep, uh, you just lie down on the floor and sleep. You have no one to answer. I read one verse also somewhere in one of the Puranas. At one point I had to do some research for a video that I was making. And I had read a verse, I cannot quote from where it was, but it was written that only a brahmachari can enjoy his meal. (laughs) And when I read that, I was laughing. Uh, because it's a fact that grihastha is always perturbed, you know, there's always the children to think about monetary issues, you know, some things is always in the back of the mind, <clears throat> and when you're eating, the children are there, you don't know what they're doing, making you anxious, especially the mothers, mothers always have to keep an eye out, you know, but Brahmachari, he's, uh, he's above that, you know, there's no, nobody's waiting for him, right? So he's got his Krishna conscious duties, but as far as uh, serving relatives, that is not there. Therefore, Srila Prabhupada said that a brahmachari is 75% freed from material entanglement, only by being brahmachari. Just see how powerful it is. So it is especially for uh, those of us who are grihasthas. Of course, um, you know, some of us might not be married, but are still uh, Entangled in uh, family life for some reason or another, isn't it? Uh, because maybe we're young, maybe we're at school, we are still dependent on our, our parents, so we cannot just leave them. Hmm? So, um, let me see. We, we shall start with this very verse, Asat you know, which is very important. So, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is instructing here. So, this is in the Chaitanya Amrita, uh, Madhya Lila, chapter 22, text 87. Okay? So, we're going to be sharing this now. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Yeah. Here it is. This is a very important verse, very often quoted by Śrīla Prabhupāda. Prabhupāda will often just say these asat um, He would say that the, these three words here very fast in 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 classes. Sometimes, sometimes he would call the whole thing. Some sometimes he would call that verse also to to say who is not a devotee. So, Sri sangi, one who's very one who's attached to women, uh, and then Krishna abhakta Who's a non-devotee of Krishna? Okay, so these are the asat sanga. So asat sanga e a vaisnavacharya, stri sadhu, Krishna bhakta So here we can see asat sanga So this is how we have named this mini series: rejection of the association of non-devotees. A, this, Vaishnava achar the behavior of a Vaishnava. So behavior of a Vaishnava means a satsanga We have to reject the association of non-devotee. That is very, very important. If we do not do that, there is no way we can progress. Strisangi, who associates with women for sense gratification. Now, we also associate with women in our movement. Many women are there, but the purpose is service. But even within our movement, if one is wearing tilak and chanting Hare Krishna, but he goes to the women in our movement for gratification, he's also asat. Even if he chants Hare Krishna, he's asat. Eka, hmm. one. Asadhu, unsaintly person. Krishna Abhakta, one who is not a devotee of Lord Krishna. Ara, another. So, why are these two separate, Sri and Krishna Bhakta? Because we might see that Krishna Bhakta are all Sri There's no one that is not, you know, everyone in the material world is Sri associating with the other sex, especially. But no, not like this. Because even if one is Krishna Bhakta, a devotee of Krishna, but he's Sri Sangi, he is a satsanga. You see, therefore Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says like that. We need to understand that there are devotees in the movement. They can be considered devotees, but because they love to associate with women for gratification, they're also a satsanga. So therefore, Chaitanya names these two as separate. Now, translation. A Vaishnava should always avoid the association of ordinary people. Common people are very much fun materially are very much materially attached, especially to women. Vaishnavas should also avoid the company of those who are not devotees of Lord Krishna. So this is the basic principle so that we may, can make further advancement in spiritual life. That's why also um, sadhu Sangha is so stressed because Prabhupada clearly says that we are um, social uh, entities. Human beings are social. And sometimes they say uh, humans are animals. They say the social animals, uh, uh, the the material scientists. So we need to live in society. We need to live with others. That is natural. So if we do not live with devotees, we will live with non-devotees some way or another. Even though you're saying, no, I live alone at home, this, I'm reading Prabhupada books and so on. Yes, but if you're not listening to devotees online, like, like these classes, you know now, now we have got this good opportunity that we can use internet for sadhu sangha, which, which, uh, which was very hard before. If you were alone, how do you associate with sadhus uh, if you're far away? So now we have got this wonderful opportunity that we can use internet, Hmm. Prabhupada even even said that if there is no way that we can associate with um, devotees physically we should think of them and in this way okay now I've switched to that tab let me see does it work yes okay that's nice sorry so in this way we can Okay, this is from Easy Journey to Other Planet. You know, you know this small book of Sha Prabhupada, right? Prabhupada is saying, One should therefore engage himself in devotional service with absolute faith. And to make his faith steadfast, one should seek the association of standard devotees of the Lord by personal association, if possible, or by thinking of them. Hmm. This association will help one develop factual devotional service to the Lord, which will cause all material misgivings to disappear like a flash of lightning. So, this is very important because sometimes it is not possible for one to immediately get personal association with devotees. Uh, due to circumstances, we all have different lives, different karma, karmic backgrounds, so somehow or other. And Prabhupada is saying his important things here. Okay, he should have fates. And he should make his faith steadfast to seek association with standard devotees. Standard devotees. So even though one is a Vaishnava, it's not that necessarily I should associate with him. No, he should be standard. Standard means his understanding, his behavior is standardized by the spiritual discipline succession. So the instructions of Srila Prabhupada are standard. uh, And one who follows those is a standard devotee. One who speculates, one who does not want to surrender, who who lacks faith in Shrapropar. He might be chanting Hare Krishna. We can respect him, but we should not associate with him. So these people, we should associate with them. If possible, physically. If not, by thinking of them. So thinking is also a way to associate with devotees. Uh, Sometimes I'm having uh, kirtans here alone, you know. Uh, I, I'm serving Shishinita I Sundar alone, and I'm having kirtan. And sometimes I'm thinking I'm in Singapore, you know, because Singapore is the place that I, you know, I I know the devotees, the most, you know, the greatest devotees that I know are there. So especially His Grace Nagopa Gopal Prabhu. So I think that I'm in a kirtan with, with them, and I feel, you know, I feel I feel pleasure that oh, you know, 100 devotees in the temple room, and we're having a big kirtan. So it is working. Spiritual life does not work with the material laws of nature as we think of them you know. So, but now even better than just thinking of them, we can still hear from them by associating with them by, by listening to their lectures or you know uh, having ishta goshtis online. So now in our movement in our I you know, uh, branch of the movement, uh, International Shri Krishna Mandir, we are stressing a lot on this sadhu sangha through uh, online association. So this will help us. And if we do that, then we will be able to give up the association of non-devotees. So, in other words, we have to increase sadhu sangha in order to diminish asat sangha. You cannot diminish asat sangha and leave a vacuum, leave a void. Uh, just like if you don't use your phone for service. If you don't use your phone, so what else is left, right? So, for example, you all have phones and we all have these applications, right? I'm sure most of you have like a Pocket Veda, right? Uh, book, uh, This is books or we have Prabhupada books, Pocket Veda, we have WhatsApp. Okay? So, if you don't fill your phones with applications that can help you remember Krishna then what will your phone have? Uh, It will have TikTok, it will have, you know, this thing, that thing. Of course, even TikTok can be used in the service of the Lord. But my point is this, we have a phone. If we don't use it for sadhu sangha, we'll use it for asat sangha. That's for sure, that's certain. You cannot, there's no middle line. Prabhupada said many times, light is here, shadow is there. There's nothing in the middle. <clears throat> it's not that like now I'm not in light I'm not in shadow, no. You're what, rather in one or the other. And we have seen personally how not only seen we have experienced ourselves. It's not that I've you know I'm above all this, um, you know. Especially in the past, uh, I could feel that when I was not trying to hear from the devotees, you know, attend some of the lectures, or uh, calling, you know, calling uh, His Grace Nagopa Prabhu, who's uh, who's very much the cause, uh, direct cause, of our spiritual advancement, his guidance and all. So when we kept distance from his grace, we felt that we started to slack in our devotional life. You know, just a phone call, just hear him. So why is that? Because the standard devotee's faith is higher than ours. That's why. And faith is contagious. Any type of faith is contagious. Someone who has got faith in material life will contaminate us with his faith. If he has faith that, you know, family life is the goal of life, you can get a good job, get money, you know, buy a nice house, be comfortable, that is responsibility, that is a man. He has got strong faith, ah, then we will become contaminated with this mentality. Ah, Because association works, how? Just like a crystal. So now this, I cannot, uh, yes, I can share also. Um, share entire screen like this, here we are, but it will be a little bit small, I can make it bigger. You see, these are my notes, (laughs) Sadhu Sangha, and I've put a, a picture of Sadhu Sangha here. So, Hari Bhakti Sudodhaya, it is said, As the qualities of a nearby object are reflected in a crystal, one similarly takes on the qualities of a person with whom he associates. Therefore, in order to increase one's devotional sentiment in his own line, a wise person should take shelter of those who have the same temperament. Hmm. So, a crystal, we we all have experienced what a crystal is, and you know that when you shoot a color, if it's blue light or green light, it becomes, you know, just like if it's transporting blue light or green light. And this type of association is very subtle. We should not think that we know when we are associating with someone. It is extremely subtle. Mm. I have read uh, somewhere, again, I forgot, I'm sorry, that if you walk side by side with someone, you are taking on some of his quality. If you breathe the air that someone has breathed in, let's say you're in a lift uh, and someone breathes out, and somehow some of these particles you are inhaling, you are associating with his specific contamination of the three modes of material nature. So this is how subtle. uh, His Grace for Prabhu often quotes this story of Srila Prabhupada that, There was one car who was driving and there was the the, the meat truck behind him. And the car let the meat truck pass. And in this way, the the meat truck went forward. And Prabhupada said, just because he let way to that meat truck, he's implicated. He's got some karma. So the laws of material nature are so subtle that we cannot understand how they are working, actually. We can have some glimpse here and there, but it is so subtle. Especially when we have impressions within our mind, you know. For example, uh, I'll speak of my personal uh, realization and this subtle contamination. So recently, many uh, kind devotees have contributed for giving uh, donations so that I can get better equipped. Actually, I'm filming with this camera now. You're not seeing the full capacity of this camera yet because this is live stream so the, the quality is not the best. Uh, But it's actually uh, almost, you know, semi-professional camera. It costs very expensive. And, you know, we have this light, we have this monitor. So the devotee, we have this microphone. This is why it sounds good. Uh, Recently, we've made a 24 hours along with Krishna uh, vlog. So uh, all the way until the end, uh, it was this camera that we used to film. The end, no. So I'm learning to to use it properly, and the sound was good. You know, there was good sound in that video because we've got this new microphone Sennheiser, which is you know about six hundred uh, Singapore dollars. Uh, so it's expensive material, but it's it's professional. So why I'm so you know I'm taking the opportunity to thank humbly thank all the devotees who have contributed for this, who have encouraged uh, our uh, poor self to um, try to use all of this in Krishna's service. So that's brought me a lot of realization uh, that one who wants to take the occupation of a Brahmana, which means to receive donations and give donations to study Vedas and teach the Vedas, to um, worship the deity and teach others how to worship the deity, he has to be very much surrendered to the preaching process, otherwise he can become contaminated by receiving donations, it can disturb him. And when I got that money, I was trying my best to quickly buy everything I needed because I did not want to keep that. That money was given to me for equipping myself with better uh, equipment. And, you know, now I'm very excited because I've got all this good equipment. So next time I'm going to Singapore, I'd like to film more the devotees and I'd like to make better movies and, you know, try to push this movement by... um, showing how we are engaged in service how the devotees are doing and also it's possible that i will be traveling with his grace in the Gopal Prabhu so i would like to film him you know uh, in his uh, personal dealings how he's talking to devotees things like that so now i've got all this nice equipment that i want to put it to good use you know so i wanted to buy as fast as possible and to, but to do that i had to study which camera Okay, which lens to buy, which microphone, so I had to watch some YouTube videos, and this is, this is the point I'm trying to make here, I'm coming to that point, that by watching these YouTube videos, I'm listening to karmis, who are speaking about their passion of cameras and microphones and this and that, and I could feel that I was becoming contaminated, because you watch one, you watch two, you watch three, and then you're trying to keep focus, you know, that I'm doing this for Krishna, this is not my camera, this is not my phone, and what would happen is that when I would do this too much, because I was anxious to quickly buy the camera and get it done with, when I was doing this too much, these things would play back in my mind, you know, instead of thinking, thinking of Krishna or uh, by, by going to bed, I would see cameras in the mind and I would hear some guy speaking about, you know, this camera. And so you see how subtle it occurs and these thoughts will remain within our mind and they will stay as bubbles. Mm. How does this work? Uh, The mind is the repository of all experiences. Everything we experience, we think, feel, uh, thinking, feeling, willing, will remain within the mind. And it is stored there, Mm. within the reals. It's just like, you know, a movie, how the movies used to be before. You used to put a film within. Even, you know, we had cameras before, you used to put a film inside And you you click, click, click like that, and it will make an impression on each of those um, negatives, I believe it was how it was called, yeah? So um, this is how it works. Our mind records everything, uh, and it stays there, and sometimes it will come back. So this is explained here. Okay, so this is Shimad Bhagavatam, Canto 4, Chapter 29, Text 64. Sometimes we suddenly experience something that was never experienced in the present body by sight or hearing. Sometimes we see such things suddenly in dreams. Hmm. Prabhupada, purport. In dreams we sometimes see things that we have never experienced in the present body. Sometimes in dreams we think that we are flying in the sky, although we have no experience of flying. So I don't know if any of you have flown in the sky in dreams. So this means that once in a previous life, either as a demigod or astronaut, we flew in the sky. You see? So there's nothing that we can think of that has not been experienced by us in this life or the past. And you can see that the past experiences are still there in the mind. The impression is there in the stockpile of the mind. Ah, so that's it. Stockpile. There's, a, there's an uncalculable you know, uh, stock uncalculable uncalculable stock. of information that is there in our mind and suddenly it expresses itself it is like fermentation taking place in the depths of water which sometimes manifests itself in bubbles on the surface of water Ah, so this I'm sure you all have experienced that you're looking at a lake everything is very calm and all of a sudden there's some bubble that because it was there was some air in the mud and it got released so almost in an almost random manner some things will come back to our mind sometimes there's triggers right like maybe you're saying you're you're seeing I don't know people playing tennis and maybe you used to play tennis before you used to like that but now as a devotee you realize it's a waste of time and so on but just by seeing that these thoughts of you playing tennis of wheeling a tournament or whatever it is, or maybe even your friends that you used to play tennis with, right? Oh, yeah, my friend, I used to be with him. And then, boom, and then you associate with that friend because you're thinking of him. And then maybe you did something in the past with that friend, which was maybe not so nice. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I did this with this friend and I should not have done. And in this way, you're being led, you know, the mind is reassociating with the asat that was there in the previous uh, uh life which we can say our karmi life or even previous body that we had. So it's very subtle. So one thing can lead to another. This is why the mind is so flickering. As soon as it goes somewhere, it can dwell in this and then from that it'll pick up something else. And from that it'll pick up something else, you know. Sometimes when we chant Hare Krishna because we're not very advanced, this occurs. You're chanting Hare Krishna and all of a sudden, maybe you're looking at something. You're looking at a red car, and then the mind will think, "Oh, it's just like the red car that your father used to drive." And then, oh, you remember with your father, you went to see some fireworks. And then, oh, these fireworks, you ate some nice ice cream. And then, and then all of a sudden, you're like, "What am I? What am I thinking about?" And then you try to bring back the mind. You know, the mind just led you away. Asat uh, Tiag. how subtle it is. Hmm. So uh, we are going back here. <clears throat> Sometimes we dream of coming to a place we have never known or experienced in this lifetime, but this is the proof that in a past life we experienced this. The impression is kept within the mind and sometimes becomes manifest either in dream or in thought. You see? Thought also. Okay. The conclusion is that the mind is the storehouse of various thoughts and experiences undergone during our past lives. Thus, there is a chain of continuation from one life to another, from previous lives to this life, and from this life to future lives. This is also sometimes proven by saying that the man is a born poet. Uh, this is something that Karmis cannot understand. How come some people are born and they're so good at, you know, poetry? Or here, a born scientist, a born devotee, uh, just like uh, the best chess player in the world, uh, Angus something, Angus Carlson or something like that. He was at the age of, I think, seven. He was defeating grandmasters chess. He was only seven years old. So he started to... And I've seen um, a quick interview of one of the grandmaster of chess who got defeated by him when he was like seven or six. And the grandmaster must have been at least 60 years old. And he was saying, I don't understand. He plays like a very mature man, you know. He doesn't play like a child. And he was saying, I don't understand. So you see, so they're dumbfounded. They cannot understand why. But we understand because he's been playing chess for like seven, eight lives probably it's not that he became good like that by birth, no, this, he, he has built up that, um, uh, that those skills, you know, just like we might train ourselves to play chess for 20, 30 years in this lifetime, but let's say I'm giving you, you know, 150 years to practice, then definitely you'll be better than someone who's trained only 20 years, so these 150 years are spread out throughout many, many lifetimes, So, all this Asat Sangha that we've been carrying, you know, for so many lifetimes and in this life, it's all there. It's all accessible. And we have to find a way to not let it come back to us, you know. To not uh, let our mind access those thoughts again. Um, Okay. So, all right. So, that is that. that. So, uh, here... Again, we're coming back. Asat Sangatiyagam. So, okay, I read again. A Vaishnava should always avoid the association of ordinary people. Common people are very much materially attached, especially to women. Vaishnavas should also avoid the company of those who are not devotees of Lord Krishna. So, next verse. Shri Mahaprabhu quotes from. Um, okay, this is the list of you know things that we we develop if we uh, associate with people who are not devotees. So, it's a verse from Srimad Bhagavatam, actually. Three verses from Bhagavatam. So, by association with worldly people, one becomes devoid of truthfulness. Uh, he will not want to, to to speak the truth. Cleanliness, mercy, gravity, spiritual intelligence, shyness. Okay, it's a long list. So many things we can discuss. But cleanliness, for example, they don't... Uh, they. They clean their own bowls in the kitchen, you know, where they cook, right? Uh, they use, I mean to say, it touches. They use the same sponge to, to clean whatever they cook with and whatever they eat with. They put their spoons, you know, while they're cooking, they're tasting, and then they use the same spoon to put back. So many things like that. After passing stool, they won't take shower and they'll go cook, right? <clears throat> so many things. Mercy, you know, they will perform. Uh, merciless acts to poor animal. Gravity. They don't like to be grave about life. They don't like to sit down and discuss. You know why is it that we're suffering? Well, no, 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 no. Don't speak about this. Let's go have a beer and you know be merry. There's no gravity, no weight to their existence. It's all shallow, very lightweight. Spiritual intelligence, shyness. Yes, they're not shy. Uh, austerity. They do not like to perform any austerity, and therefore, uh, the way they wake up, you know. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, they'll wake up at 10, 11, 12. Uh, So this is the kind of life that they want us to, actually. They wake up early simply because they want to go earn money. Fame, forgiveness, control of the mind, control of the senses, fortune, and all opportunities. One should not at any time associate with a coarse fool who is bereft of the knowledge of self-realization and who is no more than a toy animal in the hands of a woman. The illusion and bondage that accrue to a man from attachment to any other object are not as complete as that resulting from associate, association with a woman or with men too much attached to women when i read this verse my personal experience of this when i read this verse is my own brother he's actually my half brother we have the same mother but not the same father so here we come to the topic of one's family being non-devotees, and at that time, okay, when I I came to China, I was turning nineteen years old. I was eighteen in two thousand eight. So uh, at that time, <clears throat> I came and I started to live with my brother here. And my brother is very much attached to women. He's uh, what we call—I mean to say—woman hunter, you know. <clears throat> so I could feel how much I had changed by being with him. Everything was always about women, women, you know, <clears throat> let's organize something, let's go play basketball, let's go call some girls, and they all <clears throat> always he was busy organizing some outdoors activities with girls. So <clears throat> I felt I had first-hand experience of the effect of being with someone like this. And he was never grave. It was always joking, joking, joking. Very rarely there would be some deep conversations. uh, And it it was always be focusing on one thing. You know, of course, he's my brother. I pray for him. I I wish him uh, the best. But I'm using this example because this is what I know, know. So when I'm reading this and I'm seeing these qualities, and I was developing all of these single bad qualities, I was starting to develop, you know. And when I started to read Bhagavad Gita and chant Hare Krishna, which was in 2014, my father had given me a Bhagavad Gita before, and when I came to China, he gave me a Bhagavad Gita and it was sealed. And in 2014, when I really was pushed to the limit, I was suffering a lot in my karmi life, then I decided to open and start reading the Bhagavad Gita. So when I started to chant and start to read, I could feel how much he was affecting me a lot, you know. and uh, my brother, I'm saying. And before actually going, coming to China and associating with him, I had a philosophical nature where I, I was trying to understand things because, I've, you know, uh, most devotees they they have something, you know, they want to understand why, what's going on. So I had that, and I lost it when I came to China. It was kind of a big pause in my in my life that I didn't I didn't care much about why we exist and God and all these things. Uh, it was simply sense gratification. So I really know that this is true. You know, I have first-hand experience. <clears throat> so, in the purport, Shri says these verses quoted from Srimad Bhagavatam were spoken by Kapila Dev, an incarnation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, to his mother. Herein, Kapila Dev discusses pious and impious activities and the symptoms of those who are devoid of devotional service to Krishna. Generally, people do not know about the miserable conditions within the womb of a mother in any species of life. Due to bad association, one gradually falls into lower species. Association with women is greatly stressed in this regard. When one becomes attached to women or to those who are attached to women, one falls down into the lower species. Uh, just see. Sometimes they criticize us. Why are you so strict that you keep men and women separate? That you keep? They don't know. <clears throat> they have no idea of how the world works. When you become attached to women for sense gratification, you indulge in illicit sex. And because of these sinful activities, you have to take birth in lower species. You know, Prabhupada often says dog, because we know that the dog has got good facility for sex life. Here in the village, I live in a village in China, there are many dogs, you know, that go around. I believe in India also you see such dogs. So, any time, any place, you know, they feel sexually uh, aroused, then they go and have sex in the street. So the people whose only aim in life is this, is to try to get sex. Then the Lord fulfills their desires by being a dog. Because now you might say, why a dog? No, the dog sees the she-dog exactly as us men sees women. It's not that he sees the she-dog as unattractive and, you know, have hair and all that no he's, he's attracted just like we attracted to our female so there's no difference basically but he he can have sex whenever he desires uh, so that if you want that you know unrestricted sex then you have to become a dog but just see how uh, nasty this kind of life is you are going to be transported into the womb of a she-dog you're going to be carried into that womb your mother is going to be a dog walking around you know and barking the, and this is what you're going to be hearing and you're going to be completely covered uh, with the dog's mind and dog intelligence and then you will have to be born and you have to to be conscious of this dog existence and you have absolutely you completely cover your in ignorance and you have to go through that and be beaten with a shoe by some people and struggle to find some food and how um, uh, degraded so they do not know why we are so strict with not association with women for sense gratification not associating with karmīs uh, so chaitanya mahaprabhu is cutting that straight that don't associate and this also actually applies with our family members it is not because they are our family members that it is okay to associate with them no if they're not devotees it shouldn't so how should we do them okay so first of all let us finish this hmm. Okay, that's all right. Okay, so let's go here. Um, yes. Okay, so this, this is from Krishna book. Um, Krishna sent Uddhava to see the gopis. So I believe you know that uh, this is, um, for those of you who read Krishna book, at one point, um, because Krishna had told the gopis that I will come back one day, uh, but he never came back. And, uh, but at one point he sent Uddhava to see the gopis. And there's a famous painting. We see radharani in the, the forefront and Uddhava at the back sitting down with the gopis. I'm trying to find that, but I think I might not be able to find this picture. Okay, I think I don't have it. Anyway, it's a famous painting. You see, Shimati Radarini is there. And then there's the bumblebee. Uh, this is a very famous part of the Shemad Bawattam when Shemati Radarini uh, discuss, uh, you know, speaks to uh, speaks the... Speaks to the- uh, okay, yes. Okay, I saw it. I found it. just want to show you it's a beautiful um, painting and it's this is what we're going to be seeing now so okay here it is so you see here shimati radharani is in the forefront and um, udava is behind this is not krishna this is udava he looks exactly like krishna and he has brought a letter and he's reading the letter krishna's letter to the gopis and Shrimati Radharani is not there, but she's speaking to the the bumblebee here. A very beautiful chapter in the Krishna book. So so Udava is there. He's uh, bringing a message from Krishna, and the gopis are going to be speaking to him. Um, here. Uh, sorry. Okay, yes. Here we are. So, let me make this a bit bigger so that it's more comfortable for you. When the gopis saw that Uddhava was representing Krishna, even in his bodily features, they thought that he must be a soul completely surrendered unto the Supreme Personality of Godhead. They began to contemplate. Who is this boy who looks just like Krishna? He has the same eyes like lotus petals, the same raised nose and beautiful face. And he is smiling in the same way. In all respects, he is resembling Krishna, Shyamasundara, the beautiful dark boy. He is even dressed exactly like Krishna. Where has this boy come from? Who is the fortunate girl who has him for her husband? Thus they all talked among themselves. They were very anxious to know about him. And because they were simply unsophisticated village girls, they surrounded Uddhava. When the gopis understood that Uddhava had a message from Krishna, they became very happy and called him to a secluded place to sit down. They wanted to talk with him very freely and did not want to be embarrassed before unknown persons. This is another, we can see how devotees feel embarrassed to speak about the Lord in front of non-devotees. Actually, we should not. This is offensive. Even to... Worship the deity in front of non-devotees is an offense. Of course, sometimes there's no choice. You know, some non-devotees might come to the temple, but if they come to the temple, they're not fully non-devotees, right? They are some, somewhat, little bit inquisitive. But yes, we should not discuss about Krishna in front of non-devotees, because first of all, they have no faith. So you know, to uh, spread the glories of the holy name to atheists is an offense. Um, so, of course, <laughs> this is much uh, higher. We cannot realize this pastime, but I mean we can understand how we are feeling a sample of it. They began to welcome him with in great submissiveness. We know that you are a most confidential associate of Krishna and that he has therefore sent you to Vrindavan to give solace to his father and mother. We can understand that family affection is... Is very strong. Hmm. Even great sages who have taken to the renounced order of life cannot give up family members. So here the gopis are speaking that even you know great ascetics or sannyasis have a, a hard time to give up family affairs. Krishna has therefore sent you to his father and mother. Otherwise he has no further business in Vrindavan. He is now in town what does he have to know about Vrindavan village or the cows pasturing grounds? So, Krishna is a uh, Dwarka, right? So, he's not in, in a little village. So, the gopis are saying that he has sent you only for his fathers and father and mother, you know, not for us. Because father and mother means uh, family, but us, who, who are we? You know, this is their mood. So, these things are not at all unusual for Krishna because he is now a man in the city. Surely he has nothing to do with persons who do not happen to be his family members. Why should one bother about those who are outside the family, especially and specifically those who are attached as the wives of others? So they're speaking about themselves, you know. So the um, these instructions are very, uh, actually very deep. We are not understanding everything, but we can, you know, see that how the gopis are, are practically speaking that material relationships are all based on one's own self-satisfaction only. They are not actually real. Here, uh, the gopis are especially and specifically those who are attached as the wives of others, which means that there is no uh, real attachment when one is attached to a woman who is not his wife. That means there's some explo- exploitative um, mentality there, even though he's seemingly showing some attachment. So sometimes they say, you know, boys and girls can also be friends. Śrīla Prabhupāda once, in the lecture, he said, he was discussing with his disciples, uh, uh, male disciples, and he said, do they know that uh, we are with them only for sex? Of course Prabhupāda said, we, representing the man class, you know, he's not speaking of himself. But this is a fact. Men are associated with women only for sex life. There is no other other clue. Uh, I mean to say there is no other cause. That's all. You know, and there's no other, Because um, sex life can be enjoyed in a subtle manner also. Uh, in the Bhagavatam, Gita said that when Lord Brahma created the universe, at one point the, the demons took uh, possession of night. Okay? That's why we see all these uh, sinful activities occurring at night. And they saw um, nighttime nighttime or, or twilight, you know, when day becomes night, as a beautiful woman playing with a ball. That was the illusion that they saw. And Prabhupada speaks in that purport that sometimes demonic people organizes such sports with women so that they see the beautiful form of women moving, playing with the ball. And we see that like this tennis, you know. Men watching two women playing tennis, they're not looking at the sport. They're looking at the women moving, you know or anything, any sports, any, you know, dance, or all this, this, this stuff, it's actually some sort of sophisticated sex life, uh, um, sometimes they do this um, acrobatic gymnastic things, and you see how the girls are dressed, uh, you can see the complete form, you can see everything, so you think that men will look at this, and oh yes, you're a very great gymnast, no, there it's simply about, they're thinking about sex, and the girl, she knows that, men are looking at me and she does not mind being exploited in this way she likes that yes they're looking at my form so uh that is the only only reason there's no other reason so therefore vedic culture says you don't associate with any women except your wife that's all only your wife others women only if you have some business you know like of course for us devotees krishna consciousness business uh, for karmis, if somehow or other you have to disc- absolutely needed, then you interact. Otherwise, the sexes are segregated. They do not mix. Uh, and in this way, the respectability of women is being kept nicely. Uh, because they are not polluted, they are not intermingling with men, unrestrictingly. Krishna is interested in them as long as there is a need of gratification. Like the bumblebees who have interest in the flowers as long as they want to take the honey out of them. Uh, so this is very hard to understand for those who are not devotees That Krishna is exploiting the gopis. Uh, what is good, what is bad? Okay, now we're deviating a bit from the topic, but I'd like to speak about that. What is good, what is bad? We judge Prabhupada when he explains such pastimes of the law that are controversial for those who are non-devotees. Like this leaving the gopis, you know, telling them, yes, you're, you're my greatest devotee, I cannot repay you, I will come back to Vrindavan, and then he just leaves, and they cry their whole life. Um, this, or, or marrying so many wives, uh, or dancing with the gopis, you know, at the dead of night. So they criticize, because they think that Krishna is like them. My dancing with the, with the wives of others is abominable. Because maybe she'll cheat her husband with me. I shall go, she'll have, you know, she'll fall pregnant. I will leave her. I'm, you know, uh, my life is full of inebrieties. And we're thinking in terms of our experience that Krishna is like me. But what is good, what is bad? Good and bad is judged by the result, not by the act itself. Just like we say smoking cigarettes is bad. Why is it bad? Because it it hurts your lungs, you've got a really bad breath, you know, you spend all your money in this, you become addicted to it, it clogs your, sci- your, 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 your neurons, you know, your, so many bad effects are that. But what if smoking cigarettes cleared your lungs, it washed your lungs, what if it gave you the breath of a lotus, what if it made your skin brighter and lighter? And then what is the meaning of saying it's bad? Everybody would say it's good. So it's by the effect of something that we can judge whether the thing is good or bad. So the effect of Krishna's action, the Supreme Lord's action, is always auspicious. So therefore, we say he's absolute. His blessing or his killing, his marrying or his cheating, right? If you've known the story of uh, Tulesi Devi and sankachura Lord Vishnu actually forced Tulasi to adultery, to her husband. And sometimes the non-devotees, they criticize, ah, what is your Lord Vishnu doing? You you worship such a God. They don't understand that this whole pastimes is is to bring auspiciousness to the entire world. You know, Tulasi Devi and Sankachuda both came from the spiritual world, you know, alongside with Lord Vishnu to perform pastimes. And what... How they have blessed the world because of this specific pastime, we have Shalagram Shila, we have Tulasi Devi, and we have the Shank, the conch shells. These three uh, spiritual entities that are here, this deity Tulasi Devi and the Shank, uh, are intimately related. Therefore, it is said that to worship Shalagram Shila with the Shank, Ganga water, and Tulasi Devi, you know, is the highest form of worship. You have the three uh, together. So. They have blessed the entire material world by their presence now, as Shalagram, Tulasi and Shank, And it came from that pastime. So the cheating of the Lord is suspicious for the entire world. The stealing of Krishna is praised by the devotee. The the killing of Narasimhadev, right? Just like the non-devotees, they see Narasimhadev tearing up, open the chest of here, <laughs> she put, like full of blood. They're like, wow, they're aghast, you know, what is that? But devotees, we gladly put it, you know, even in our eating room. We eat <laughs> with the blood there of Helenaka Shippu. We don't mind. So the, the activities of the Lord are all absolute. So the gopis here are, are describing, of course, this is all um, their spiritual emotions. But pervertedly, it is true what they're saying. Perverted in the material world, men take advantage of women uh, simply for their own sense gratification that's all so krishna is interested in them as long as there is a need of gratification like the bumblebees who have interest in the flowers as long as they want to take the honey out of them it is very natural and psychological that a prostitute does not care for her paramour as soon as he loses his money so they're describing all material relationship here Similarly, when the citizens find that the government is incapable of giving them full protection,
1: they leave the country. So material relationship or oral brother, sister, uh, husband and wife, children,
0: it does not matter, anything that is based on the bodily concept of life is focused on how, what can I get from my senses? a student after finishing his education gives up his relationship with the teacher and the school yeah we go to class oh you're the best teacher this that oh i've got my diploma see ya i'll never call you back you know i've got what i wanted from you now that i've got what i wanted from you i don't need you anymore this is a psychology a rich man after taking his reward from his worshipper gives him up hmm. So therefore, we see so many bogus gurus who are simply interested in the money of their disciples and have uh, no interests in uh, guiding them. They cannot guide them anyway, but they don't want to be. They don't want any welfare for their so-called disciples. When the fruit season is over, the birds are no longer interested in the tree. Mm. Just after eating in the house of a lord, the guest gives up his relationship with the host. After a forest fire. When there is a scarcity of green grass, the deer and other animals give up the forest. Yeah. So all these so-called attachments, oh, the deer love this forest. No, they don't love this forest. They love their tongue. And there's nice green grass here. And if this forest is deprived of those grass, the deer will go somewhere else. Similarly, a man might speak to a girl, oh, I like you and so on. But as when he has enjoyed her and he's done with her, then he will not call her anymore. And so a man, after enjoying... Okay, yes, this is what they're mentioning. After enjoying his girlfriend, gives up his connection with her. In this way, all the gopis began to indirectly accuse Krishna by citing so many similes. So, you see, this is how material relationships work. And our material parents, family members... And friends all work with that conception in mind also. Now, Prabhupada did say that a good fruit doesn't come out of a bad seed. So somehow or other, our parents must have done something to get a devotee child. So they cannot be uh, complete, uh, I mean to say, atheist or, you know, karmis and so on. There is something that, I mean, even Hiranaka the king of all demons, there was something there, after all, you know, he was a devotee who who came to serve the Lord in the manner of, of uh, acting as a demon, so that's why he was blessed with a, a son like Plalad, so we need to understand that, but at the same time, we have to learn how to slowly become detached from them, hmm. uh, because... If we, when we associate with someone, we develop affinity for that person. Affinity means, I will try to give you some service. You know, when you love someone, when you like someone, you try to please that person. Is it not? We have got someone who comes to our house, you like that person. Oh, would you like to sit down? Would you like So trying to please someone means serving. That is called service. What is service? Uh, Bhakti yoga has been described as, When we engage our senses in the service of the master of the senses, that is called bhakti. And when we engage our senses in the service of someone else, of course, it's for our own sense gratification, but that is leaving Krishna's service. So if I'm trying to please you, I'm your servant. This is how it works. I'm Maya's servant, basically. So... um, I might be dressed as a devotee, but if I speak in a way that would be palatable to the karmis, then I'm serving maya, I'm serving those karmis, I'm not serving Krishna. I have given up Krishna's service. Uh, We see so many examples of this nowadays, of devotees who are on stage and their uh, their whole focus is to make the public like them. I will take so many jokes, people will have a good laughter, then I will speak in a way that they can understand whatever they want, I won't tell them to surrender to Krishna, I won't tell them to chant Hare Krishna, I will let their freedom, and when they leave, they will feel better about themselves, because they will think, yes, me too, I'm a spiritual person, I'm a good person, and I have you know confirmation from this sadhu there who's a Vaishnava. That means you're serving Maya, but you're even worse than the karmis because you're serving Maya under the garb of a devotee. So, Our family members is the same thing. When we develop too much affinity for them, uh, then we will want to serve them. We will want to please them. And that means what? The specific mentality that my parents might have, I will try to act in a manner that would please them. And in this way, we are slowly becoming more and more implicated uh, in material entanglement because we are becoming uh, contaminated just like they are. So... um, Uh, Just one moment. Closing some of those tabs. Yes. Okay. So now, I think, um, maybe we can go see, Mm. there's an episode with Narada Muni and uh, Daksha, Maharaj Daksha, where Narada Muni preached to Maharaj Daksha, you know. Uh, okay, six, Shimon Bhagavatam six, five. Let's see. Shimon Can to six, chapter five. So. So Maharaj Daksha, a great materialist, expert. Daksha means expert. He's expert in material arrangement. Expert at, at trying to enjoy this material world trying to enjoy. Where is that? Six five, okay, six five. I've seen. Six five thirty four mm. Okay, yeah. Okay, we can go even maybe before that. Okay, what happened is that Maharaj Daksha was begetting children. And Narada Muni was preaching to his children, making them devotees. Whereas Daksha wanted his children to become, you know, uh, great materialists. So here... Okay, so this is Canto 6, Chapter 5, Text 1. The Haryashvas, the sons of Prajapati Daksha, were very well behaved, cultured sons. But unfortunately, because of the instructions of Narada Muni... They deviated from the order of their father. Now, unfortunately, that is to uh, impress upon us the mood of Maharaj Daksha. Because how can one be unfortunate when he's hearing from Narada Muni? They deviated from the order of their father. When Daksha heard this news, which was brought to him by Narada Muni, he began to lament. Although he was the father of such good sons... He had lost them all. Certainly this was lamentable. So this is the position of many of our devotee's parents. When the devotee finally managed to surrender and leave the family and, you know, go in the association of devotees, they are thinking like that. How unfortunate. I have lost my children. You know, he has lost them all. This is so lamentable. The Hariashvas, the sons of Prajapati Daksha, were certainly well-behaved, learned and advanced and in accordance with the order of their father, they went to perform austerities to beget good sons for their family. But Nardamuni took advantage of their good behavior and culture to properly direct them not to be involved with this material world, but to use their culture and knowledge to end their material affairs. The Haryashvas abided by the order of Nardamuni, but when news of this was brought to Prajapati Daksha, the Prajapati, instead of being happy with the action of Nardamuni, was extremely sorrowful. Similarly, we are trying to bring as many young men as possible to the Krishna consciousness movement for their ultimate benefit. But the parents of the young men joining this movement, being very sorry, are lamenting and making counter propaganda. Of course, Prajapati Daksha did not make propaganda against Narada Muni, but later, as we shall see, Daksha cursed Muni for his benevolent activities. This is the way of materialistic life. A materialistic father and mother want to engage their sons in begetting children, striving for improved economic conditions and rotting in material life. They are not unhappy when their children become spoiled, useless citizens, but they lament when they join the Krishna consciousness movement to achieve the ultimate goal of life. Uh, just see how Prabhupada is nicely describing this. Uh, so, materialistic father and mother want to engage their sons in begetting children. Yes, because why? This is, again, focused on my own gratification. I
1: want to enjoy my grand... gratification. Uh, uh, go,
0: beget, you know, get one child, two child, never mind, your mother will help you get three... Uh, get a big family, and then they grow up, and you know, get them married also, go expand, nice, nice family relationship, nice family entanglement. Prabhupada often says that, um, uh, what is it, um, society, friendship, and love divinely bestowed upon man. Uh, they say like that, the Prabhupada says it is not divinely bestowed, you know, it is maya. This is the entanglement. And because they they are misers. Miser means what? Miser means you've got a million dollar, but you don't spend. You know, you keep for yourself. No, no, no. Why should I buy this? Why should I? you go out? Even though you've got some big, big money in the bank balance, you go out for a family outing. Hey, this is too expensive. You know, don't spend. Uh, why? Why you buy this? We can take the cab. You know, or uh, I mean, we can take the bus. Why take a cab? And in this way, miser he doesn't want to spend. Well, this human form of life has got the best opportunity. It's the best valuable form of life. And if one does not know how to spend it properly, then he's a miser. So, unfortunately, we all have these. But in some way, it is Krishna's arrangement. You know, not just in some way. It is actually because Krishna wants us to experience the bitterness of material life. And unless we go through it ourselves, most of us cannot realize it simply by reading the scriptures, you know, Shasta. Most of us have to taste it bitterly, you know. And even Krishna says it, if I specially favor someone, you know, I take away all his money, his family members start to speak bad against him, they leave him, they desert him. In this way, he goes under one suffering after another. Mm. So why is Krishna doing that? So that we get experience about how bitter this so-called family is, family life. So this is 1088.8, Bhagavatam. Hmm. The personality of God had said, if I especially favor someone, I gradually deprive him of his wealth. Then the relatives and friends of such a poverty-stricken man abandon him. In this way, he suffers one distress after another." Uh, there was one bhakta here in China, <laughs> when we quoted that verse, he stopped coming. <laughs> he said, I don't want Krishna to take away my money. So it's not like that. It's not that, um, actually you have, to be, um, you have to be favored by the Lord so that the Lord takes away your money. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds weird. But if your money is an impediment for your Krishna conscious advancement, and the Lord especially favors you, he will make such arrangement. Uh, that's why Prabhupada says, therefore, there are not so many devotees of Lord Vishnu, you know, in the sense that a serious devotee uh, is very rare to find. Because why they like Lord Shiva? You know, he's easily priest, and you see like the big worshippers of Lord Shiva, they've got big cars, you know, big money, big temples. So, yeah, but Vaishnavas, generally they're poor. You know, Brahmana means he doesn't have belongings almost you know so therefore they are afraid to go to lord vishnu and the materialistic man they misunderstand that they don't see the lord's mercy the lord's arrangement and who are these devotees just begging you know just beggars bunch of beggars go work go get a job you know do something honest work with your hands earn livelihood why you go from door to door to beg? They think we're like useless fellas. Of course, there's a lot of uh, that. A lot of fault is there on the on the so-called brahmanas of India who really just do that. They don't give transcendental knowledge because they don't have it themselves, and they just sleep and eat and live at the cost of others. Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasvati chastises this. You know, he said it's better to be a sweeper in the street than to try to make a, a business out of uh, being a Pujari, You know. So yes, there is a bad name uh, surrounding sadhus. Uh, and, uh, you know, we cannot blame people for thinking like that. But it's not that all so-called, uh, all sadhus are like that. You know, a real sadhu means he must give knowledge. He must study and he must try to cut off, just like Shri Narada Muni. He's coming, he's cutting off the material attachment of those sons of Prajapati Daksha. So, I can Oh, yes, <clears throat> striving for improving economic conditions, rotting and So They are not unhappy when their children become spoiled, useless citizens. But at that time, you know, many hippies were there. And the parents were like, OK, well, at least he's still at home. You know, he's doing drugs, but he's coming back home at least in, in this way. Yeah. But they lament when they join the Krishna consciousness movement to achieve the ultimate goal of life. Of course, some parents were favorable, even when he was preaching. Um, you know, maybe more intelligent uh, parents they could see. But most parents, a lot of parents would be against. Not that they would always stay against. Their ideal might change. This animosity between parents and the Krishna consciousness movement has existed since time immemorial. Even Muni was condemned not to speak of others. Uh, that's a good point. <laughs> Such a great exalted personality as Muni, huh? son of Brahma, propagator of the Hare Krishna Mantra universe, he is criticized. To speak of us who are preaching. We should not think that to help a devotee surrender, we should not get fired by that, you know. Nevertheless, Adam, never gives up his mission to deliver as many fallen souls as possible. He continues playing his musical instrument and vibrating the transcendental stone. Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Nam, Hare Hare. When Prajavati Daksha was lamenting for his lost children, Lord Brahma pacified him with instructions. And thereafter that he got 1,000 more children in the womb of his wife. Panchajani. This time his sons were known as the Savalashvas. So you can see how powerful, you know, of a materialist Aksha is, and he's capable of getting 1,000 more children. I don't know the previous, uh, previous batch of children, how many they were. So this is the beginning of the universe, you know, this is uh, the first families. Um, we are not so stupid as to believe that everything came from nothing and our ancestors are monkeys and this and that. And this is this is the, the nonsense material atheist scientist that Prabhupada wants us you know, to, to fight against. Your ancestors are monkeys maybe, but not ours. You know. this, this is how human race is being descended. It all starts from the highest planetary systems. The lower planetary systems are inhabited. There's planets, but there's no human being on those planets. And it starts with the first, the family of Brahma, his sons. And they're all very, very powerful, you know, and mystic powers, and they beget children, so many, and these children have that, you know, uh, very powerful, also yogis, or they all have some different, uh, I mean, uh, talents, and they're called prejavati, their business is to expand uh, the human race in the universe, and they go from one planet to another. And then they populate, the populate, they populate. And this way it comes down, and it comes all the way to the planet. And our father that came, you know, is Manu. You know, that Manu is the progenitor of mankind. So he's one of the Prajaktis. And, and all of us are descendants of, of Manu in this group. There's different lines, you know, like Kshatriyas we know. Like there's Surya, Vamsa, uh, uh, um, there's Chandra Vamsa. So, this is how the universe is populated, how human beings are now. so it's a devolution, it's not an evolution, you know, uh, the great sages are above the demigods, then there's the demigods, right, uh, then just like Kashyapamuni, he's the father actually of demigods and the demons, so how his life is incredibly long, and then there's the demigod and so on, and the, the human beings, and so many different races, okay, so again, Praja uh, Pati Daksha started to beget, so what happened? Sorry. Okay, will go back. Pajapati Daksha was so named because he was very expert in begetting children. The word Daksha means expert. First, he begot 10,000 children in the womb of his wife, and when the children were lost, when they returned home back to Godhead, he begot another set of children known as the... Savalashwas. Prajapati Daksha is very expert in begetting children and Narada Muni is very expert in delivering all the conditioned souls back home, back to Godhead therefore the materialistic experts do not agree with the spiritual expert Narada Muni but this does not mean that Narada Muni will give up his engagement of chanting the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra so we should not become, uh, I mean, dejected by uh, the materialistic, you know family members, we should keep on our business of chanting Hare Krishna in accordance with their father's order to beget children the second group of sons also went to Narayana Saras the same place where their brothers had previously attained perfection by following the instructions of Narada undertaking great vows of austerity the Salavashvas remain at that holy place okay let me see um Okay, here, Krishna Prabhupada says, In all circumstances, the duty of the father is to give cultural education to his sons, who must later decide which way to go. Responsible fathers should not hinder their sons who are making cultural advancement in association with the Krishna consciousness movement. This is not the father's duty. The duty of a father is to give his son complete freedom to make his choice after becoming spiritually advanced. By following the instructions of the spiritual master. So a real father. Guru uh, necessitate. Pita necessitate. So one should not become a father if he's not capable of delivering his uh, dependence. And maybe he's not pure himself. But he should not at least block the way of spiritual advancement of the child. Maybe he doesn't know personally how to bring the child back home or, or get salvation. But if he knows that, he will get proper spiritual guidance if he surrenders as a Brahma chariot, goes to the temple, then let him go. Then he's a real father, even though he himself is not perfect. At least he's a real father, because he's not obstructing the cultural advancement, the spiritual cultivation of his son. At Narayana Saras, the second group of sons perform penances in the same way as the first. They bathed in the holy water, and by its touch, all the dirty material desires in their hearts were cleansed, cleansed away. They murmured mantras beginning with omkara and underwent a severe course of austerities. Okay. Uh, 27, 28, okay. For a few months, the sons of Prajapati Daksha drank only water and ate only air. Thus, undergoing great austerities, they recited this mantra. Let us suffer our respectful obeisances unto Narayana, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is always situated in his transcendental abode. Since he is the Supreme Person, Paramahamsa, let us offer respectful obeisances unto him. Okay. O King Parikshit, Narada Muni approached these sons of Prajapati Daksha, who were engaged in tapasya to beget children and spoke enigmatic words to them just as he had spoken to their elder brothers. So again, Nardamuni is coming to preach. O sons of Daksha, please hear my words of instructions attentively. You are all very affectionate to your elder brothers, the Haryashvas, therefore you should follow their path. Nardamuni encouraged Prajapati Daksha's second group of sons by awakening their natural affinity for their brothers. He urged them to follow their older brothers, if they were at all affectionate towards them. Family affection is very strong, and therefore Muni followed this tactic to rem- of reminding them of their family relationship with the Haryashvas. Generally the word Nigama refers to the Vedas, but here Nigama refers to the instructions contained in the Vedas. Shimad Bhagavatam says Nigama kalpa tarur kalitam palamidam. The Vedic instructions are like a tree of which Srimad Bhagavatam is the ripened fruit. Narada Muni is engaged in distributing this fruit and therefore he instructed Vyasadeva to write the Mahapurana. So, um, yeah. So you see here, Narada Muni is an expert preacher, so he knows that these brothers will have natural affection for their older brothers. So I will invoke that, he thought. Huh? So this is, this is when. Attachment even to family member is not wrong if the family members are devotees.
1: Mm.
0: And this is, um, mm, this is spoken by uh, Devahuti, I believe, uh, Asatsangha, just give me a moment, Asadu. <clears throat> the same type of attachment, huh? so I think 3.15.25 or... Mm. So the same type of attachment, there's no difference in the attachment, the attachment is the same, but when it is uh, applied to a devotee, then it is beneficial. Huh? Okay, yeah, three twenty three fifty five. that's the one I wanted to, so devotee to... Uh, so she's saying, association for gratification is certainly the path of bondage, but the same type of association, same type, performed with a saintly person leads to the path of liberation, even if performed without knowledge. Ah, so there's not difference. What is association? Uh, we know there's six types of association. So to reveal one's mind or to hear one's mind being revealed okay, this is two, to offer a gift, or, uh, you know, invite someone, or to receive gift, or invite someone, uh, receive invitation in this way, or to um, reveal, uh, did I say reveal mine, uh, offer some food, or get some food, so this is lakshanam, symptoms of love, so love has to be cultivated, love is not something that everybody has, uh, when you meet, just like when you, get married with someone many times you do not know the person very well maybe actually this was our case Uh, i mean i did not know my wife so well when i got married to her so in the beginning there was not much attachment there but by association the attachment grows you know because these six things when you hear someone speak you, you speak your mind so so this exact same way that you associate with the karmi uh, is going to be implicating you more and more into sense gratification, But the, the exact same thing, you don't change, just type of association with a devotee, is going to be path of liberation. So Narada Muni is playing on these lines, that he knows that if I invoke their natural attachment for the brothers, then it will be um, congenial for their spiritual advancement. Okay. A brother aware of the principles of religion follows in the footsteps of his elder brothers because of being highly elevated. Such a pious brother gets the opportunity to associate and enjoy with demigods like the Maruts, who are all affectionate to their brothers. According to their belief in various material relationships, people are promoted to various planets. Here it is said that one who is very faithful to his brothers should follow a path similar to theirs and get the opportunity for promotion to Marud Loka. Narada Muni advised Prajapati Daksha's second group of sons to follow their elder brothers and be promoted to the spiritual world. Shukadev Goswami continued, O best of advanced Aryans! After saying this much to the sons of Prajapati Daksha, Narada Muni, whose merciful glance never goes in vain, left as he had planned. The sons of Daksha followed their elder brother, not attempting to produce children. They engaged themselves in Krishna consciousness. The Shivalashvas took to the correct path, which is obtainable by a mode of life meant to achieve devotional service, or the mercy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Like knights that have gone to the West, they have not returned even until now. Okay, uh, we are coming to the... Okay, yes still I, I should not have started. I don't know if I started a bit too early because this is the this is where I wanted to get actually 34 onward but never mind there's still time at this time Prajapati Daksha observed many inauspicious signs and he heard from various sources that his second group of sons the Shavalashvas had followed the path of their elder brothers in accordance with the instructions of Narada uh, okay. <clears throat> When he heard that the Shaval Asvas had also left this world to engage in devotional service, Daksha was angry at Narada, and he almost fainted due to lamentation. When Daksha met Narada, Daksha's lips began trembling in anger, and he spoke as follows. Hmm. So, um, let me see if you... okay. Prajapati Daksha said, "Alas, Narada Muni." You wear the dress of a saintly person, but you are not actually a saint. Indeed, although I am now in Grihasta life, I am a saintly person. By showing my sons the path of renunciation, you have done me an abominable injustice. So This is how the materialistic parents will think. They will think that you are all saintly people living in the temple and all, worshipping God. How dare you instruct a son to not obey the instructions of his father? This is what they'll say. Uh, why do you disturb our family life like this? Uh, is it not uh, improper of you to act like that? Uh, and they think themselves, they think that they know uh, religious principles better than the devotees. Hmm. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Sanyasi Ralpachidrasar Valoke Gaya. In society, one will find many sannyasis, vanaprastas, grihastas, and brahmacharis. Which text is this? 36, yeah. But if all of them properly live in accordance with their duties, they are understood to be sadhus. Prajapati Daksha was certainly a sadhu because he had executed such great austerities that the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Lord Vishnu, had appeared before him. Nevertheless, he had a fault finding mentality. He improperly taught Narada Muni to be a sadhu or non saintly because Narada, Narada had foiled his intentions. Desiring to train his sons to become grihastas, fully equipped with knowledge, Dakshad had sent them to execute austerities by Narayana Saras. Narada Muni, however, taking advantage of their highly elevated position in austerity, instructed them to become Vaishnavas in the renounced order. <coughs> this is the duty of Narada Muni, Narada Muni and his followers. They must show everyone the path of renouncing this material world and returning home back to Godhead. <clears throat> Prajapati, Prajapati Daksha, however, could not see the exaltedness of, of the duties Narada Muni performed in relation to his sons. Unable to appreciate Narada Muni's behavior, Daksha accused Narada of being a sadhu. So this, you see, Narada Muni and his followers, this is what they have to do. Try to show the path of renunciation. So, although, you know, Prabhupada did say, okay, if you're grihastas, you can preach, and so on, he also stressed very much that at one point, uh, one must renounce family life. Hmm. He said that it is compulsory. Vedic culture means at a certain age, one has to renounce
1: family life. Uh, That would be, I think, one of the future topics. Are very significant in this regard. A sannyasi is called Tridandi Bhikshu
0: because his duty is to beg alms from the homes of Grihasthas and to give the Grihasthas spiritual instructions. A sannyasi is allowed to beg from door to door, but a Grihastha cannot do so. Grihastha may earn their living according to the four divisions of spiritual life. A Brahmana Grihastha may earn his livelihood by becoming a learned scholar and teaching people in general how to worship the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Uh, So... This is the path that we are humbly trying to take. Sometimes we are being criticized that why you're not working, you should work. You have a family. You know Why aren't you earning? So such people do not understand the arrangement of the Lord. <clears throat> he may also assume the duty of worship himself. Therefore, it is said that only Brahmanas may engage in deity worship and they may accept as prasad whatever people offer the deity. Um, okay, so we will try to go f- faster through this. Yes, okay. Prajapati Daksha condemned Narada Muni because Narada, a brahmachari who could beg from door to door, had made sannyasis of Daksha's sons, who were trained, being trained to be Grihastas. Daksha was extremely angry at Narada Muni because he thought that Narada had done him a great injustice. According to Daksha's opinion, Narada Muni had misled Daksha's inexperienced sons. Daksha regarded his sons as innocent boys who had been misled when Narada showed them the renounced order of life. Because of all these considerations, Pajapashi Daksha charged that Muni was a sadhu and should not have adopted the dress of a sadhu. Uh, So this is the vision. Daksha regarded his sons as innocent boys. So the parents of the boys and girls who are joining our movement, they think like that. Uh, My children are innocent. They don't know uh, the importance of the duties of life. And they've been exploited by these Hare Krishna devotees. They're just innocent in life, they don't know what is right, what is wrong, and they have made a wrong choice by becoming uh, devotees. So, in this way, this is their mindset, you know. Sometimes a saintly person is misunderstood by Grihastas, especially when he instructs their young sons to accept Krishna consciousness. Generally, a Grihasta thinks that unless one enters Grihasta life, he cannot properly enter the renounced order. Yeah, this is a a common thing that, no, renouncement comes later. First, you get married. First, you get your children. You set up properly. And then, later in life, you do like that. But we don't find this in Shastra. It's not like that. Generally, that's the course, you know, that one should go to Grihasta Ashram. But it is not a must. Sastra never says that one must become Grihastha to go back to Godhead, no. But Sastra stresses on leaving Grihastha ashram at one point in life. <clears throat> if a young man immediately adopts the path of the renounced Buddha in accordance with the instructions of Narada or a member of his disciplic succession, his parents become very angry. This same phenomenon is occurring in our Krishna consciousness movement because we're instructing all the young boys in the Western countries to follow the path of renunciation. Uh, We have got our Sri Manta Brahmachari who had to go through the same thing. Uh, So his father is more or less following Daksha's mentality. And so he he left home. He's not going to be... Begetting children and being a grihastas and, you know, having his family life and bringing the grandchildren home to the grandparents and all. He has he has bypassed all this, uh, I mean to say, entanglement. All the trouble that us grihastas have to deal with. We have got our wives' parents, right? Our wives are attached to their... Fathers fight, family, they keep relationship with them somehow. Sometimes we have to bring the children to see the grandparents. All this he- headache, which is not congenial for spiritual advancement, but which we are kind of stuck in doing, huh? we have to, to do. Just like recently, uh, my wife's uh, family came by at the farmhouse. So they're coming, so I have to go, right? I Of course, it's not that I'll be... Uh, Antisocial, so i go there yes how are you how's your health how's your job this that that, that. so it goes on but i have no taste in all this you know i do that for my wife because she's got some attachment for them but so we should not overly do that those duties should be kept minimal as less as possible not that we keep you know Chatting with them every day and sending pictures of our children to our fathers and mothers and this and that. No, not like that. We should be happy that the relationship is minimizing and minimizing. Mm. Because as we progress spiritually, what is the symptom? One starts to not differentiate between family and non-family. Because the vision becomes spiritualized, which means he sees that these are all spirit souls. Family or not family? Um, What is that? Sama sarveshu bhuteshu. Right? So he starts to get an equal vision. There's no duality. These dualities that here's family, here's not family, here's a good person, here's not a good person. This arises from doubts. Why? Doubts about the philosophy that everyone is spiritual, part and parcel of Krishna. This is, this is described in Bhagavad Gita, this, uh, arising from doubt, this is there, I believe it's in the um, second chapter, is it? Arising from doubt, doubt, wild card, hmm. just a few seconds here, I think it is Bhagavad Gita chapter 2. book translation (laughs) Um. (laughs) yes okay so there's two places it's like 442 and 525 we can go see just quickly uh, just to make my point yeah You see, Krishna says, Therefore the doubts which have arisen in your heart out of ignorance should be slashed by the weapon of knowledge, armed with yoga, vartastana. So doubts arise because of ignorance. So that's not exactly what I want to say. Is this one. This is 525. Those who are beyond the dualities that arise from doubts. So duality. Here's my friend. Here's my enemy. This is my wife. This is not my wife. These are all dualities. You know, positive, negative. So they arise from doubts, uh, whose minds are engaged within, who are always busy working for the welfare of all living beings, and who are free from all sins, achieve liberation in the supreme. So the dualities of the material world that we see, uh, good and bad, this and that, it's all from doubt. Doubt of what? Doubt of our spiritual identity. If one realizes that he is spirit soul, then there's these uh, dualities of, that is a good person, that is a bad person, this is my family, it will diminish. He will start to see who is helping me advance spiritually and who is not. That's going to be his criteria. Not that is in my family or not. Who, you know, so therefore, you know, that is a test. That Am I becoming more and more entangled in this family life? Or am I becoming more and more detached from them hmm. uh, because one might think that oh no I'm leaving my family you know they all think about what I'm doing you know they might be criticizing me this and that as we advance spiritually that will not budge us. The whole world is, is finding fault with other people you know the, so many, we cannot please uh, we cannot this is the meaning of being servant of Krishna being servant of Krishna means displeasing the whole material world. That's what it means. When we try to please Krishna, it means displeasing uh, the others. Of course, ultimately, it is, it is even pleasing to them because you know when you become a devotee, actually you're very pleasing. Uh, you know, It is said, uh, the dhira, dhira,
1: right? It is pleasing to the dhira and the adhira. ...materially, you know, when they
0: lose some things, when we come in the way of their son's gratification, then we see their real self. Mm. So I'm losing my son, I'm losing my daughter to this movement. You know, I would have liked to enjoy with them and so on, and they become displeased with us because of that. So we should tolerate that. You know, we should tolerate. This is just one life. These parents, after all, uh, they they were not our parents in our past life. We had parents in our past lives. We had children. Uh, So it is only this one life. So let us tolerate, let us tolerate and go on with our business. And we should have faith that by becoming a strong devotee, I will be able to um, give the best uh, gift to my family members, to my parents and brothers and sisters and all. But this um, renouncement has to be done properly with faith. Uh, And it is actually a blessing. It is not up to us. This is another point that this, it comes by the mercy, just like now these sons of Daksha, they could renounce by the mercy of a pure devotee. So it is not our choice. So therefore, we should not artificially try to renounce our material life, our material family. We should pray for the Lord to make an arrangement for us to, to leave. And this, we have seen this example. Śrīla Prabhupāda, he did not leave out of his own free will, of course, he wanted to leave, he, he wanted to follow the order of his spiritual master, but he himself, he said, I was afraid of leaving. You know, I thought I can, I can preach being a grihastha So just imagine, even Shira Prabhupada, you know, through his pastimes, he's showing that he was brought to renouncement by the arrangement of the Lord. Uh, that verse that we saw 1088.8, that Krishna takes away the money and the relative starts to be inimical towards him. he saw all of this happening. this is what happened with his, his wife and family members you know and therefore he was forced to, to renounce right you want tea or me right you want to continue drinking tea and so on. So in this way he was pushed right to renouncement. so if renouncement is not possible, for shila Prabhupada, and he had to be brought out of it by Krishna, then what can we renounce? It's false to say, I'm going to renounce. We cannot. Krishna is going to make the renouncement happen. So, therefore, we should pray to him to make the arrangement. We should pray to the Lord that, My Lord, I'm greatly entangled. Please help me. Now, just like Srimati Kunti Devi, please severe my attachment for the Vrishni and the Pandavas. She had attachment for both. The father's family, Vrishni dynasty, and the Pandavas, husband's family, the sons. And she was saying, please severe my attachment. So if such an exalted devotee like Kunti Devi, who's always following the Lord and his different pastimes, is not capable of renouncing attachment on her own, then what can us puny devotees do? Hmm? So it's not our endeavor, I'm going to renounce my family. Krishna will make the arrangement to make you renounce. Uh, And this comes by qualification. You cannot beg for renouncement when you're not qualified to receive it. It's a gift. We're not uh, doing service to the Lord. It's not that the Lord needs that. That Krishna is like, when are you going to be renounced so that this movement can go on? You know, I need you to, to come and help. No, the movement will go on. That you help or you don't help. It will go on. So to take part in this preaching mission is a great boon and we should pray to to have this boon but you know we have to be fortunate we have to want that Mm. so Prabhupada says first deserve then desire you know just like Prabhupada said that sometimes people they say I'm going to preach and that are you qualified to preach Preaching is not something that is your own choice, that now I'm going to preach, you know. People need to hear this thing, I'm going to preach. It's a blessing. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, unless one is empowered by Krishna, he cannot spread the Sankirtana movement. Uh, So it's a blessing to become a preacher. It's not something that is within our control. It's Krishna who controls that. Whether you are going to be renounced, whether you are going to be engaged 100% into the preaching mission, it is Krishna who's holding the key to that, not you. We are dependent. We are dependent on Krishna. He doesn't have to give us his mercy if he wants. He can hold it 100%. Even if we do everything properly, he can hold it if he wants. He's fully independent. He doesn't have to give us his blessing. So if we understand that, then we start to okay. I'm really dependent on him. I have no independence, you know, and in this way we can approach with more sincere feelings. Hmm. But the thing is, are we trying to renounce our family members, our parents, because we just feel it is suffering, you know, or are we trying to actually renounce that with a genuine intention that I want to serve Prabhupada, I want to surrender my life to Prabhupada. In this. So anyway, so we have to tolerate whatever situation we are now, we have to tolerate. Krishna says, uh, those who tolerate, uh, even though they are sometimes engaged in sense gratification, they should tolerate, and they should remember that sense gratification leads to misery. Because sometimes we're entangled with our family members. Hey, let's go out. Let's go to the the mall. Uh, let's go shopping. And then you know you you might not be able to avoid the situation. You're going in there, and then oh, look, how is this dress? And how is that? And let's go there and let's buy ice cream and. You know, how's your cousin? And so all these things, all this this talk is going on and is like hammers on our mind, like bang, bang, bang. Well, tolerate. What can you do? It's, you know, this is what you are. At least Krishna is showing you how much this materialistic way of life is just, you know, suffering. We should um, develop perfect disgust. Prabhupada said Krishna wants us to be completely disgusted with any single position in this material world. That's why he's letting us taste. You want to be this? Okay. You want to be that? Okay, you be, huh? And now going back to Godhead, we will have to see all planets in the material world. Uh, if we've got still some attachment somewhere, then we'll have to take another bath. We allow Grihasta life, but a Grihasta also follows the path of renunciation. Even a grihasta has to give up so many bad habits that is, that his parents think his life has been practically destroyed. <laughs> yeah, uh, we don't eat meat, we don't have, you know, we don't go to the pub, we don't watch movies. They'll say, "Well, you're not doing anything. It's boring." You know? We allow no meat eating, no illicit sex, no gambling, and no intoxication. And consequently, the parents wonder how, if there are so many no's, one's life can be positive. In the Western countries especially, these four prohibited activities practically constitute the life and soul of the modern population. Therefore, parents sometimes dislike our movement, just like Prajapati Daksha disliked the activities of Narada and accused Narada of dishonesty. Nevertheless, although parents may be angry at us, we must perform our duty without hesitation because we are in the disciplic succession from Narada Muni. Therefore, a real preacher will try to push uh, young men to renouncement. Sometimes they are saying... Why, why you preach like that? Uh, Why you do like this? Or some so-called preacher, they'll say, no, you don't have to be uh, brahmachari. It's all right. Why you want to be brahmachari in the temple? You get a job, get married, and this. So therefore, grihastas who are too much attached to family life, they cannot preach, even though they're devotee, because they won't, they don't have this this manifested renouncement. So how can they impart this renouncement into the heart of others? Mm. so those who make compromise with the philosophy that it's okay you can be a krihasta you'll be happy also no first of all you try to impress renouncement in the heart of the younger brahmacharis remain brahmachari you'll be freed for so many entanglement you know then if you cannot then okay you become krihastas but you try to preach somehow or other as much as you can mm. <clears throat> People addicted to householder life wonder how one can give up the enjoyment of grihasta life, which is a concession for sex enjoyment. Uh, Which is a concession for sex enjoyment. Prabhupada is describing grihasta life for that. Simply to become a mendicant in Krishna consciousness. Uh, So... They do not know that the householder's concession for sex life cannot be regulated unless one accepts the life of a mendicant. Hmm. This is an important point. Unless one becomes renounced materially, he cannot regulate his sex life. Even if we are devotee chanting 16 rounds and this and that, if we live in an extravagant manner, sex life will still be prominent in our marriage. The Vedic civilization, therefore, enjoins that at the end of one's 50th year, one must give up household life. This is compulsory. compulsory. Uh, this is compulsory. So when the 50 is ticking, we must start to think about Vana Seriously. However, because modern civilization is misled, householders want to remain in family life until death. And therefore, they are suffering. In such cases, the disciples of Narada Muni advise all the members of the younger generation to join the Krishna consciousness movement immediately. There is nothing wrong in this. So Prabhupada is letting us the young boys to know. Of course, this applies more to boys, you know. So what we've been reading, we see, you know, we're talking about the sons and this so it applies more to boys because boys they have got this choice of becoming brahmacharis, but there's no such thing as brahmacharini. For girls, it is more touchy. Girls, they should pray that Krishna some, makes an arrangement for them. You know, whereas boys, they've got the course of action here. They know that let me, I can leave. You know, because just now I've I've said, wait for Krishna to make arrangement. So yes, it's a fact. But boys have got already some some pushing there that you can go and surrender to the temple, and Krishna will take care. Don't worry. Okay, but you got to be strong. You got to be strong-minded. If you're not strong-minded, you'll be brought back again. So anyway, better work always under some authority that can guide us according to time, place, circumstances, what is actually happening and so on. So that, that is also important. Not that um, without consulting anyone, I just leave. And, because if our renunciation is not properly guided, it will simply degrade. And I've got a good example concerning this here. I know I know two matages were not married. Of course, I know more than two matajis were not married, but I'm, I'm comparing, comparing these two matajis. So one of these mataji is working. She's still, she's still working. The other mataji is not working. She's, you know, in the temple. So the mataji who's working is less materially contaminated than the mataji who's not working. Now, how is that? Uh, the thing is that if one has got some material occupation that is better than a so-called show of renunciation and not preach why because at least he's and he's got some engagement there so that mataji although she's working because she's engaged she has less time to simply you know uh, an idle mind is a devil's workshop right so she has less time to simply lie down flat and look at her phone and all the nonsense coming in, right? Uh, of course, for one who's serious and who uses time in, you know, Krishna conscious activities, that's a different thing. But many devotees are weak, right? And if they're on their own, uh, it's not. It's hard, it's difficult, you know. I don't deny that. Uh, so my point here is that even though she's engaged in material activity, that material uh, regulation is helping her at least to keep stay busy Uh, and then she's got that money she's keeping some money and she can use that you know for traveling going to india and so on so so my point is this is that if we are not really strong in krishna consciousness and we do this so-called renouncement it's just going to be leading to a further degradation we have to be convinced that no this is what i want this is what I, i know so we have to be strong but it's there you know Okay, um, nothing wrong in this. Prajapati Daksha said, My sons were not at all freed from their three debts. Indeed, they did not properly consider their obligations. O Muni, O personality of sinful action, you have obstructed their progress toward good fortune in this world. And the next, because they are still indebted to the saintly persons, the demigods and their father. So we know we have verses in the Bhagavatam that counteracts this. Uh, so there's debts, you know, we're indebted to the saintly person because we receive the knowledge from the uh, demigods. They give us, you know, uh, rain, sun, and, and the forefathers, you know, the, the traditions of our family and so on, the religious principles. But one who surrenders to Krishna is immediately freed from the, you know, there's no need to do all this separately. Um, yeah. Daksha continues, thus committing violence against other living entities and yet claiming to be an associate of Lord Vishnu, you are defaming the Supreme Personality of Godhead. You needlessly created the mentality of renunciation in innocent boys, ah, this is what they'll think, how can you tell my innocent boy to become renounced, this is not good, and therefore you are shameless and devoid of compassion, how could you travel with the personal associates of the Supreme Lord? This mentality of Prajapati Daksha still continues even today. When young boys join the Krishna Consciousness Movement, their fathers and so-called guardians are very angry at the propounder of the Krishna Consciousness Movement because they think that their sons have been unnecessarily induced to deprive themselves of the material enjoyments of eating, drinking, and merrymaking. is fruitive workers, think that one should fully enjoy his present life in this material world and also perform some pious activities to be promoted to higher planetary systems for further enjoyment in the next life. A yogi, however, especially a bhakti yogi, is callous to the opinions of this material world. This is what we have to become, callous. We have to be completely callous to the opinion of material world, even if it's our family members. We have to be convinced of this fact, that they are speaking nonsense. And I should not listen to them. He is not interested in traveling to the higher planetary systems of the demigods to enjoy a long life in an advanced materialistic civilization. Uh, So, hmm. Yeah. Instead, he accused Narada Muni of being sinful and charged that because Narada Muni was associated with the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the Lord would also be defamed. Does Daksha criticize that Narada Muni was an offender to the Lord, although he was known as an associate of the Lord? So they'll think like that. Ah, you all think you're saintly persons, but no, you're, you're doing wrong. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think this is it for now. So when we are with our families and they they speak to us things like this, that you should do that, you should uh, work and this. So how to um, act? What should we do? So in order to not bring in any controversy, we should uh, not try to... agitate their mind because after all what do they want they think that they know what's best for us right so we're not going to be able to change their mind we're subordinate generally we're subordinate right we are sons we're daughters so if you bring in uh you know if you try to preach to your parents while you live with them there's going to be a big tension in the house and all so what Muni again uh, prescribes is that we should make our own program very simple, but at the same time kind of agree with our... uh, Here it is. An intelligent man in human society should make his own program of activities very simple. Okay? So very simple living high thinking. If there are suggestions from his friends, children, parents, brothers, or anyone else, he should externally agree. Mm. Saying... Yes, that is all right. But internally he should be determined not to create a cumbersome life in which the purpose of life will not be fulfilled. Ah. So externally, oh yeah, okay, that's good, yeah, no problem. But no, actually he knows. Just like every time my wife's mother, she comes, or I meet her, when are you going to buy a house? You know, you gotta buy a house. So I said, yeah, yeah, I'm saving money, you know, we'll buy a house I'm not saving money, I have zero in my bank account. <laughs> Whatever donation we get, we use for like the rent here or some things we get. I don't have money, yet. we don't have savings. We have like a little little gold that I bought like, for like emergency, uh, but I got like a little piece of gold, that's all we have. So I'm not saving money at all <laughs> for buying a house, but when she comes, yeah, yeah, I'm saving money slowly, I'll buy a house in the future you know, I don't want to be, What? what is she going to understand, you know, even if I tell her like, no, to be happy, we don't need a house, she won't buy all this stuff, she was, she grew her whole life hearing only this, if you want to be happy, you must buy a house, you, must, you know, but, so therefore, I don't, I don't engage in these conversations with them, you know, uh, sometimes even, you know, my own parents, like my mother, uh, you know, she was a devotee, she's She's still chanting a little bit Hare Krishna, but, you know, she's not in the association of devotees. So sometimes she'll say some things and, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, okay. I don't want to be wasting my time trying to argue back and forth. So this is how we should try to make our uh, program. So that when they give suggestions and all, yeah, that's all right. But we know within ourselves that, you no, know, I don't want to take this course of action. Okay, Okay, I think... Uh, still, you know, another verse by Chaitanya Prabhu spoken I would like to go see but uh, I think we'll jump to the questions now so I haven't looked at the, the question yet, so we'll be seeing this um, okay, let me close alright okay, comments Okay, so I'm scrolling from the top. So Hare Krishna, thank you all for joining. Okay, (laughs) here. Tej Pratap. Sir, what is the source of your energy that you can speak for hours without tea? Face, red, heart shape. The source of my energy is that I don't drink tea. (laughs) No, no. You know, spiritual topics um, you can discuss like that. So Hare Krishna, all devotees. Um, so Sh- Tan, Hi, could you explain how to accept the fact that not everyone will like me? Okay, so that is not um, so much in uh, in line with the topic today, but liking me is based on the understanding that we are the enjoyer. So it's all based on false ego. Liking or not liking, this is our own gratification, you know. But we are not meant to be the enjoyer. The philosophy of Krishna consciousness is that Krishna is the enjoyer. So we should be concerned about what Krishna wants, not what we want. So if Krishna wants me to not be liked by others, that should be our pleasure. You know, and if Krishna wants me to be liked by others, that should be our pleasure. So we should be situated above desire and hate, above attachment and aversion. You know, In the material world, everything is, I want this, I don't want that. Desires can be divided into these two categories. I want a good job, I don't want to become sick. You see, So there's always this duality going on. This is material spiritual life is above these dualities spiritual life means what krishna wants that's all krishna wants to make me cry that's fine that's my pleasure that krishna wants me to to be happy that's also okay whatever comes to us in life is an arrangement of the lord you know so we should just keep pushing into this krishna consciousness you know being guided by devotee chanting hare krishna and tolerating these happiness and this right So, uh, We have to tolerate, it's like summer and because there's nothing else. In this material world, there's pleasure condition, there's displeasurable condition. You cannot, there's nothing in between. And sometimes it's a mix of both. It's like you're eating ice cream, oh, so nice, but it's 35 degrees Celsius. Uh, so both, you know, you have mm, nice, not nice. So a mixture is there. So it's always like that so summer is hot okay winter is cold so you know it's going to come back hot it's going to come back cold so since there's only these two things if you're situated in suffering that means it's going to go away at one point and not suffering is going to come back pleasure is going to come at one point so happiness and distress come and go so we should not be concerned with we should not be elated when happiness comes oh now it's so nice you know i got nice sense gratification yeah and then when unhappiness we cry oh no Why like this like children you know when some sense gratification or happiness comes, don't dwell in it. And when you know uh, distress comes, and don't don't complain. You know you both. We should be steadfastness. But I believe you are quite new to Krishna consciousness, so uh, please read the Prabhupada books, Bhagavad Gita as it is. You type this online, Bhagavad Gita as it is, and you start reading Bhagavad Gita. All your questions will be answered. So Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, all of you. Hare Krishna. Thank you so much for joining. Briguroy, Hare Krishna, Prabhuji. I feel I feel down today. I was on celibacy, but today I did wrong. I'm very shameful right now. What to do? I'm very disturbed, and so I ask you this: Please give me a solution. So um, you simply repent for what you've done. That is good. You feel wrong. That's good. That means you're you feel shame. Uh, uh, someone who is shameless—that is bad. Someone who does not feel shame at performing uh, degraded action—that is not good. So, but you—you you have to continue uh, doing your devotional service. So, I don't know if you are a devotee or what, but you should chant Hare Krishna. You know, uh, without chanting Hare Krishna, you will not be able to be freed from these, um, you know, uh, unwanted habits. So. Uh, But by chanting Hare Krishna, uh, you will become purified. And what you will notice is that these bad habits will start to happen lesser and lesser and lesser and lesser and lesser and lesser. And And at one point, you will be able to give up completely. So, 11.5.42, Srimad Bhagavatam, it is said... (coughs) One who has thus given up all other engagements and has taken full shelter at the lotus feet of Hari, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, is very dear to the Lord. Indeed, if such a surrendered soul accidentally commits some sinful activity, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is seated within his heart, immediately takes away the reaction to such sin. So if you are actually a devotee and you're chanting Hare Krishna, you uh, chanting Hare Krishna, you're reading Prabhupada books, The Lord is going to protect you from the reaction to such sin. But you should not use the chanting of Hare Krishna to uh, continue sinning. No, the Lord will help you to not be, um, you know, I mean to say, uh, contaminated by such sin. He will help you get purified fast. But He would rectify you. That's the proper way. He will help you to become rectified. But then, you should not use that uh, for, okay, then I can do it again and again. So you should chant Hare Krishna. Are you chanting Hare Krishna? That's the first thing. You must chant Hare Krishna. Without chanting Hare Krishna, there's no point in even giving up this so-called bad habit. And you won't be able to to uh, give it up anyway. My dear Uddhava, this is 11, 14, 18, Bhagavatam. My dear Udhava, if my devotee has not fully conquered his senses... He may be harassed by material desires, but because of his unflinching devotion to me, he will not be defeated by gratification. So even though sometimes you are indulging in such things, if you are a devotee, Krishna will be able to um, uh, protect you. There's another place also. This is uh, 11, 20, 27 to 28. Having awakened faith in the narrations of my glories, being disgusted with all material activities, knowing that all sense gratification leads to misery, but still being unable to renounce all sense enjoyment, my devotees should remain happy and worship me with great faith and conviction. So you should realize that you know we are not perfect. It is sometimes natural to fall down in the beginning stage. So never mind. Don't use that as an excuse. That oh, I'm too fallen. Let me stop. Or this does not work. I'll stop chanting. No, you should remain steadfast. Even though he is sometimes engaged in sense enjoyment, my devotee knows that all sense gratification leads to miserable result, and he sincerely repents. You should repent. You should beg, my dear Lord, please help me. You know I'm engaged in such degraded act. Uh, I feel so shameful. How can I get freed of such uh, unwanted habits? Please help me, I'm fallen, my Lord. You know? In this way with sincere repentment, uh, the Lord's going to help you. You should chant. Chant more and more and more and more and more. Chant, you know, if you can chant 16 rounds, that's the best. And read Bhagavad Gita as it is from Srila Prabhupada. <clears throat> and attend these sessions. You know, subscribe to our YouTube channel, to ISCAM TV channel. There are many live lectures that will help you. You hear more and more. <clears throat> <coughs> yes, okay. Uh, yes. So Prabhu is saying, I'm surrounded with Karmi people. It's like Chakra Bahu Chakra of Karmis. Yeah, don't give them your heart <coughs> you know. That's what Prabhupada said. At one point they asked Prabhupada how to deal with those who are, you know family members and so on, so he gave the story of the monkey and the crocodile, so that the crocodile wants to eat the monkey, you know, and then he's saying, no, no, I'll help you cross the river, you know, I, I'm swimming, you cannot swim, you come on, on me and I'll help you cross the river, so then monkey, okay, he goes in the crocodile and crocodile crosses, <clears throat> and then crocodile says, okay, now, you know, I'm going to have, a, I'm going to eat your heart, so monkey's like, you want to, okay, you can eat my heart, but I forgot it in the, in the treetop, so just bring me back to the bank, I'll go get it for you. So the less intelligent crocodile, okay. So monkey jumps and leaves. So in this way Prabhupada said, you, you can have some interaction with these people, but don't give them your heart. So that's the point, you know. We might be surrounded by karmi people, relatives and friends and so on, but don't give them your heart. Uh, so... Correct Sangha can be either active in sin or positive via Krishna consciousness. Correct Sangha. How can someone who's active in sin be correct Sangha? I don't know if this is what you actually wanted to say. Well, this is a lot of emoticons. Shri Guru Guranga, thank you, kindly, Nita Prabhuji. I am on my own at home in Northwest England, learning all of this and snap off lots of people from my past now and been joining classes online more. So yes, this devotee association is vital. Maya is strong and we're tiny. Jai yes, very good. So even though you're on your own, try to associate as much as possible like that online. We've got a group, you know. Uh, Gemma Ratta, I believe you're a Mataji, right? This name, Gemma. Um, So we have a Mataji's group also, Uh, you can add my whatsapp or telegram because we have one group for young bhaktas and one group for Mataji's I mean one group for Prabhu's and one group for Mataji's This is my phone number I'm putting, you can add my whatsapp or telegram and then we can arrange for you to join the Mataji's group, that would be even better So what does it mean seeing ghosts in dreams? In childhood I was personally saw ghosts and so many ghosts experienced in dreams. Okay, because we spoke of the mind and all, right? Actually, ghosts can come in dreams. They create disturbance in dreams. When I was a child also, I was very much disturbed by ghosts.
1: Our house was haunted, actually. Uh, We had a ghost in the house and we realized... ...that comes back. It's sometimes that they're
0: actually coming to us, you know. That's why we have to be very clean. The house should be always very clean, chanting Hare Krishna, washing the house and all. Magnus Carlson, <clears throat> Yeah, that's the, the best chess player in the world now. Um, it's only genealogical difference, they say. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, why that uh, genealogical difference is on him and not on you? (laughs) That they cannot explain. Why he's the one born best chess player and not you? Oh, because the parents... Okay, why he's born with these parents and not you? They explain everything from a matter point of view but they forget that there's a conscience in that matter that is locked in that material, you know. Oh, it's just the genes here are different. Yeah, but you nonsense. There's someone who's conscious of those, those genes or whatever, of this DNA, and it's not you. Why has that soul been put into that body? Why is the conscious conscious of that matter? They only analyze everything according to dead matter, you know. Think about what I'm saying here. They, uh, these modern scientists, they see everything from the point of view of inert matter. They don't consider that there's a spirit soul who's there observing this, experiencing that. What is the cause of that consciousness being there and this consciousness being here? Think about that. <clears throat> okay, I'm trying to go... Um... I think father and mother, they have pure love without any expectation. They just want that we will be happy in the future, but they actually don't know what real happiness unfortunately. Well, any material relationship cannot be said to be pure in the material world. It's not possible. Prabhupada said the thing that comes the closest, you know, that we could see is, is a love for the mother, for the, the son, you know in the material world like the mother can sacrifice her life for the son things like that but even sometimes we see that a mother can kill the, the son you know it happened there was a, a mother was having an affair with another man and the son found out and she arranged for the the son to be killed so just see so no it's not true it's not pure love pure love means for krishna that's it love means loving the lord lust means serving our senses And in all material uh, reciprocations, there's always the consideration as to what am I going to get in return. It's always there. You cannot get free from that. It's not possible. Because it's based on a false conception. It's not real. It's not not who we are. Uh, um, So these... uh, uh, Can see here eight twenty two nine so moment Yeah. What is the use of the material body which automatically leaves its owner at the end of life? And what is the use of all of one's family members who are actually plunderers taking away money that is useless for the service of the Lord and spiritual opulence? What is the use of a wife? She is only the source of increasing material conditions. And what is the use of family, home, country, and community? Attachment for them merely wastes the valuable energy of one's lifetime. So this is the vision of someone who's, you know, I mean to say, advanced spiritually. Now, of course, all these family members are are obviously non-devotees. It's not that um, one would think like that about the family devotee. And uh, I think we can come here concerning that. Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, "This is CC Chaitanya Charitamrita Antia, Chapter 13, Text 113." Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said to Ragunath Bhat, "When you return home, serve your aged father and mother, who are devotees, and try to study Shrimad Bhagavatam from a pure Vaishnava who has realized God." So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is taking Ragun taking, telling Ragunath to return home. You know. Uh, so here, one should note how Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, advised Raghunath Bhattacharya to learn Srimad Bhagavatam. He advised him to understand Srimad Bhagavatam. Okay, sorry. Um, okay, yeah, okay. So he also advised Raghunath Bhatta to serve his mother and father because they were both his devotees. Anyone who wishes to advance in Krishna consciousness must try to serve the devotees of Krishna. So here we can understand that these relationships—father, mother, brother, son, son—you know—if they are devotees, then it is beneficial for spiritual advancement. As Nartam Das Takur says, "Chadiya Vaishnava Seva Nistara Paya Chakeba." Without serving a self-realized Vaishnav, no one has ever been released from the materialistic way of life. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would have never advised Ragunath Bhatt to serve ordinary parents, but since his parents were Vaishnavas, the Lord advised him to serve them. Now, this is okay. We have Ragunath Bhattacharya here. Okay, specific. Uh, you know, he asked him to return. You know, to return to his parents with whom he had left. One might ask, why shouldn't ordinary parents be served? One who cannot deliver his dependent from the path of birth and death should never become a spiritual master, a relative, a father or mother. A relative, father or mother. A worshipable demigod, nor should such a person become a husband. Everyone naturally gets a father and mother at the time of birth, but the real father and mother... Are they who can release their offsprings from the clutches of imminent death? This is possible only for parents' advance in Krishna consciousness. Therefore, any parents who cannot enlighten their offspring in Krishna consciousness cannot be accepted as real father and mother. That is very, you know, it's a tough, but uh, this is Shastra. Um, so, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu has said, one should perform only those activities either worldly or prescribed by Vedic rules and regulations which are favorable for the cultivation of Krishna consciousness. So this is how one who starts to advance in spiritual life starts to see things. Is this favorable for my Krishna consciousness or not? Not in terms of I'm attached, I'm not attached, this, no. Okay, so now we go to another topic. So this is it, you know. Now... Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, you go back and serve your parents because they were devotees. And Prabhupada says he would not have done that if they were karmi parents. Does that mean that we should not serve our karmi parents? Well, that depends on one's spiritual advancement. Ultimately, there's no need. If one is strong enough, he doesn't have to. He can leave them. And there will be no wrong with this. Prabhupada said it. When Narada Muni said... You just leave, you know, you don't care about your daksha. Prabhupada clearly said there's nothing wrong in this because ultimately you're going to be benefiting them. But if one has got some attachment, he won't be able to follow that. He will not. He, it will be too much. You know. So therefore, one man's poison is another man's nectar. But the fact is this we do not need to perform these material activities if we completely surrender to the Lord completely, completely means, you know, preach, to, 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 to join full-time, and every day, every day, every day, how to preach, how to expand, how to make devotees, how to distribute books, only that, you know, if one surrenders in this way, there's no need for other subsidiary uh, material duties, that's a fact, but because we're not so advanced, then, okay, you stay at home, but at least make your life Krishna conscious, don't become implicated with uh, materialistic relatives tolerate what they have to say because what else you can do and you know uh, still treat them they're your parents so serve them nicely that's all right let them develop some faith in krishna through your your good qualities you know because by their attachment to you they will get some good credit also but if they just curse the devotees because you're always fighting with them i want to leave i want to leave ah who are these devotees you know my son and daughter they want to leave and so, but ultimately, one is capable. If one is capable, he can do it. And we've seen, we have, you know, Tadvavit Prabhu, uh, strong Brahmachari, he, he left. Okay. Um, oh, you were saying audio was cutting at one point, 9.17. Okay, I think it was just a one or two minute thing.
1: Okay. Thank you. Yeah. That's why um,
0: getting Krishna conscious children is good for spiritual advancement. Because um, we. Uh, one moment. Huh? Because we have a, a natural inclination for children wife you know it's not that because we chant uh, some one decade of Hare krishna mahamantra that we are detached from family members no it's not that easy but if that is congenial for a spiritual advancement that, that that is good me personally i know my son is a is a devotee he's born devotee i can see that you know he's naturally naturally he likes to do devotional activities uh, every evening and every morning he's pujari Every morning he's doing pujari for Prabhupada Arthi. Every evening he's got his little arti set. I'm doing pujari for Gaurani and he's also doing pujari. He loves this. You know, <laughs> like I'm telling him, okay, I'm going to do pujari. Are you coming? Yes, yes, I want to come. I want to prepare the arti set by myself. I want to. So, so I'm seeing this is a devotee. You know, he's not just my son. He's a devotee born. Uh, so I need to help him advance further in spiritual life. So that motivates me because I love my son, I'm attached to him, but because I'm attached to a devotee, and I see his devotional activities, he's very serious, you know, he's an advanced devotee, okay, I have to I have to be a worthy father, so come on, you know, wake up earlier, or, you know, be more serious, da, da, da. so he's helping me, although he's four years old, because he's a Vaishnava, I'm attached to him, I'm advancing spiritually because of that, so when one's family member are devotees, it's a completely different story. It has to be congenial. But of course, you know, devotee means we're not supposed to be engaged in gratification. In Here Krishna, and this is chapter 13 of Bhagavad Gita, text 8 to 12. There is... Putradara um, grahadishu asaktira nabavishasana... Okay, where is that? Yeah. Anabhishvangaha, without association, putra, sandara, wife, grihadishu, home. So, Krishna is uh, describing what is knowledge here. Okay, so you see here, um, non-attachment to children, wife, home, and the rest. Okay, so he's he. this is knowledge, the Lord says. Uh, but then, in the purport... Um, Okay, Prabhupada says, As for detachment from children, wife, and home, it is not meant that one should have no feeling for these. So we're not impersonalists that I kill my feeling, you know, no no feelings, not like that. They are natural objects of affection, but when they are not favorable to spiritual progress, then one should not be attached to them. That is the point. So, if we have got family members that are not devotees, they're not helping us advance spiritually, then we should not be attached to them. The best process for making the home pleasant is Krishna consciousness. If one is in full Krishna consciousness, he can make his home very happy because this process of Krishna consciousness is very easy. One need only chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Nam Nam Hare Hare. Accept the remnants of foodstuff offered to Krishna, have some discussion on books, like Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam, and engage oneself in deity worship. These four will make one happy. One should train the members of his family in this way. Family members can sit down morning and evening and chant together Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Nam, 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 Hare Hare. If one can mold his family life in this way to develop Krishna consciousness, following these four principles, then there's no need to change from family life to renounced life. But if it is not congenial, not favorable for spiritual advancement, then family life could be abandoned. One must sacrifice everything to realize or serve Krishna just as Arjuna did. Arjuna did not want to kill his family members. But when he understood that these family members were impediment to his Krishna realization, he accepted the instructions of Krishna and fought and killed them. In all cases, one should be detached from the happiness and distress of family life because in this world, one can never be fully happy or fully miserable. Yeah. So even us who are devotees, even though devotee will make the house spiritualize, they will still be some miserable condition you cannot completely avoid. It's like every single day I'm hearing my son and daughter cry. This is not something nice, you know. Happiness and distress are common factors of material life. One should learn to tolerate, as advised in Bhagavad Gita. One can never restrict the coming and going of happiness and distress. So one should be detached from the materialistic way of life and be automatically composed in both cases. Yeah. Okay, so... <clears throat> so that's it. So family affection, if the family members are devotee, is very congenial. Yeah. Yes, so my father say always this, they will brainwash you. Yeah, so here is the answer that we normally say. Yes, our mind is filled with stool that needs washing. That's a fine. Um, like, when I started to stop eating non-vegetable, non-vegetarian food, that time it was huge fight in family. Like, my mother called my aunt to just convince me that I was born in a Bengali family, so I need to eat fish. <laughs> yeah, they'll try everything, you know. So, but Prabhupada said, our principles, though, we cannot compromise. That's, that's the thing. They can talk, but our principles, no meat-eating, no intoxication, no gambling, no innocent sex, that has to stay. And he quote he uh, spoke about his sister how his sister got married when she was very young, and uh, she got married to a meat eating family. So first meal, you know, they're at the table, and she sees that the meat is there, so she starts crying, and then uh, the mother in no, law she comes and what is the matter? And so, Prabhupada's sister, no, we don't we don't eat these things. So okay. I'll cook vegetarian for you, you know. So then, in this way, Prabhupada says that Krishna consciousness is something individual. If you're serious and you're strong, you can practice Krishna consciousness anyway. But you got to be strong with your principles. You don't compromise. You know, they will talk so much nonsense. But our relative principles, you cannot compromise. There was one devotee at one point. He said, "Prabhupada, can one of my friend, Karmi friend, come and stay with me?" Or can I stay with him? Something like that, like live with him. Prabhupada said yes, but your friend must follow the four regulative principles <laughs> when you live with him. Just see. That means don't let him come to your place and drink, or you go to his place and you drink. No, if he can follow, then yes. If not, forget it. You should not. Uh, I saw a picture one day, many years ago. Devotee, you know, devotees receiving the father-in-law. So the the the. The wife's father came to their family, and I saw in the picture, I don't know if they noticed that, but I could see a beer bottle, you know, in the background or something. That means the father came and he brought alcohol with him, and they were not capable of saying no. You see? But that is that is wrong. We should say no. You're, you come here, no drinking, no meat-eating, no intoxication, no is sex, and you know, all these things you... You must put your foot down. You must be ready to to give a fight. As as you give a fight, they'll let you slowly, slowly, slowly. Uh, Okay, I'm going to be...
1: sannyasi without being free if anartas.
0: The desire of the devotee has importance because Krishna gives what the devotees want. Um, he will fulfill the desire of the devotee, but he will not give, fulfill his desire if the devotee is going to be asking again and again for material uh, blessings. So Krishna does not want... Krishna is like a good father, you know, he's intelligent, he's more intelligent than us, he knows what we're supposed to get. Uh, So why would he uh, give us something that is bad for us? Uh, A neophyte devotee doesn't know how to pray, always. Uh, So why would Krishna uh, give give him something that is not good? Hmm? So therefore, the Lord will force sometimes. Yeah, the devotee might say, "Oh, I want this. Okay, I give you." But if he again, "Oh, I want that again," no. Why would he do that? So therefore, there's the Lord's special mercy. You know? Just like we have, we have seen. We have seen that He will take away the money of a devotee. The devotee might not want that, uh, that his money be left, but here. Uh, yeah. So you're saying that the Lord gives what the devotee wants. That's not always a fact. Krishna knows best. And he knows what to give, what not to give. Here. Yeah. This is Madhya Lila, chapter 22, text 37. If those who desire material enjoyment or merging into the existence of the absolute truth engage in the Lord's transcendental loving service, they will immediately attain shelter at Krishna's lotus feet, although they did not ask for it. Krishna is therefore very merciful. So you see, so here they did not ask for it. But Krishna will force them to surrender to his lotus feet. Uh, next, next verse. Krishna says, If one engages in my transcendental living service, but at the same time wants the opulence of material enjoyment, he is very, very foolish. Indeed, he is just like a person who gives up ambrosia to drink poison. Uh, so now, what is the desire of the devotee? He wants to be uh, materially opulent, isn't it? Material enjoyment. That's what he wants. So will Krishna give? Next verse. Since I am very intelligent, the Lord says, why should I give this fool material prosperity? Instead, I shall induce him to take the nectar of the shelter of my lotus feet and make him forget illusory material enjoyment. So here the Lord is not giving what the devotee wants because he is more intelligent. He knows. So, yeah, so Krishna will force, but that is special mercy. If you're able to take it, Krishna will do, Uh, Krishna knows. Whenever Krishna is requested to fulfill one's desire, he undoubtedly does so, but he does not award anything which, after being enjoyed, will cause someone to petition him again and again to fulfill further desires. When one has other desires but engages in the Lord's service, Krishna forcibly gives one shelter at his lotus feet, where one will forget all other desires. So Krishna is there to change your desire, you see, not a teacher or a supplier. Mm. He knows best. Many devotees leave their family very young. Seems like an excuse that grihastas use to stay with the family. Oh, let me wait for Krishna's mercy and all. It's a comfort zone. Um well you see yeah, if if simply oh family life is other uh, colorsome, let me leave, yes, that is uh that is not correct, you know. Just like Prabhupada said, how do we expect to be a responsible sannyasi if you cannot be a responsible grihasta? the responsibility of a sannyasi are much greater than the responsibility of the grihasta, And therefore we see that many of the young sannyasis who so-called renounced in the beginning when Prabhupada was still physically present, they, they fell down. Or even if now, if they're in the dress of sannyasi, they indulge in, indulge in so many immoral activities. So yes, a sannyasi is not like a way out, you know, that, oh, it's suffering, I don't want to do my material duty, therefore I'm leaving. That's a fact. But, so that's why we have to be situated above renouncement and aversion. So we should not be averse to family life. Also, that, ah, this is so terrible. And then, no, you have to do your duty. Meanwhile, but you have to also pray to the Lord to do arrangements for you to become renounced at one point. And there's a guideline there. Prophets well, 50 year old, you got to think about Vana Prasta. So you got some guidance. So you should pray to the Lord. Now I'm coming toward that stage. Please free me from my entanglement with family life. Just like his grace in the Goppa Prabhu. At 50 years old, his wife passed away. Uh, and the Lord made arrangements so that he was sure that his wife went back to the Lord. You know, And at the same time, he freed him so that he could fully dedicate himself. But on his own strength, he would not have been, probably not have been able, you know. He was very much attached. Like Shaboppa, same thing, very much attached. So the Lord is the one who helps us become renounced. If I myself, I'm renouncing, as you're saying, some renounce very young, that is not real renouncement, that is called aversion, they are versed to their material duty. And, and if you cannot be a proper uh, father and, and husband responsible, how are you going to be responsible sannyasi? It's not possible. <coughs> how to behave with relatives when they come to visit. Cook a nice prasadam feast, that's the first thing. (laughs) So at least that they will be eating some nice prasadam, make them like the prasadam, you know. And when they come, you know, you can burn some incense, you can play some bhajan in the background so that they get benefited. And then they will obviously be speaking some nonsense, how is your cousin, how is this. So you just go along with the show a little bit, lah, but don't dwell too much in it, you know. You try, you just try to inquire about their, at least that they're, they they're not, you know, extravagantly, uh, led astray. You can give some good material advice, also, you know, just like for example, when they come here, like my my uh, wife's younger brother, he's got a girlfriend, so I'm recommending that marry her, you know. Don't just remain boyfriend and girlfriend, marry her. So at least this is some good instruction of the national system that you should not just remain broad, you know, you get married. So in this way, I'm, I'm still trying to give some little advice. It's not directly Krishna consciousness, but at least it will minimize their sins, you know. Or I'm telling them, I'm saying, look, the cow is like our mother, they're giving milk and all, and why, you know, if you want to eat animal, eat something lower in this way. Uh, or, uh, ah, you know, we see... So many people get cancer by eating cow meat. I scare them like that, you know. (laughs) So I'm back to little, whatever little they can take, right? Okay. Uh, All right. Where else we have? Hare Krishna. Nowadays, I'm chanting 16 rounds, but with the use of phone every day, I think that from tomorrow I will not chant with phone. But the cycle goes on. Yeah, that's the problem. We have the beat bag in one hand and the phone in the other, right? We're all attacked by this, isn't it? That's why. You should wake up early, take shower, leave your phone in your room, don't bring your phone out. You see, one thing I do, I use this magic button here. This magic button here. When you press that magic button, you're peaceful. You're nobody's servant anymore. Alright, so you, evening time, when you go to bed, you press that magic button. And when you wake up, you don't remove the magic. You leave the magic on. And you take your bead bag and you go and chant. You don't start to look, you know, uh, what are the messages? Did someone contact me? Did I miss a reel? Did I miss, you know, your life will go on. Don't worry. You chant attentively. So you wake up early before 5. Wake up at 4.30 and go shower right away. Take your bead bag and start chanting. If you feel sleepy, go chant on the rooftop or something or take a walk, you know, like that. this you will start to chant with attention and Brahma Muhurtā is very very potent one and a half hour before sunrise you know that will help you because if you chant during the day there's so many distractions This, that you know you don't feel you feel your mind is annoyed and uh, mode of passion is there so okay take the phone so many people sending you messages and all try to chant as much as possible early in the morning okay Vinaldvani Mataji, one question and three message. Prabhuji, as you mentioned in the example of the kid playing chess with perfection, because he must have been doing so since many births, but we also read that whatever material knowledge or skills one acquires becomes zero at the time of death, and one needs to start everything again. From the beginning, except things done bhakti. Only bhakti can carry it forward. So how to understand both? above two things together. Although the mind is storehouse for thoughts, but it is the mode that the or subtle body, carries to the next life, or also the skills and knowledge." Yeah, so Krishna's paramatma is within the heart of every living entity, and he will give the intelligence of what you wanted to do in your past life. Because at the time of death, we all got some plans that are frustrated that we have not been able to accomplish. So therefore, in our next life, Krishna will give us intelligence that this is what you wanted to do, but of course there are some restrictions according to our piety and impiety. So one who is born immediately again as a human being, he left in the mode of passion. Therefore, he he didn't you know he, he could immediately take another human birth in this way. Uh, so in this way, it can continue, but it is still asat. You cannot stay it. Huh? Brahma ma puniti. Uh, what is it? we've been rotating up and down, up and down. So you cannot keep it. So now he's been playing chess for five lives. You think he's going to be able to play chess until the end of the creation? No, he's going to go down because this is material activities. And this life is probably, you know, eating meat and this and that. So it's going to, it's going to tarnish. Maybe he managed to keep his human birth because he did some pious work somewhere. And, you know, who knows? But it's not going to be eternal. You can go on for a couple of lives. Just like even... Uh, Pious couples. It is said that they follow each other for seven lifetimes, right? This is the meaning of turning around the fire seven times when we get married. That we get married for seven lives. So it happens also that husband and wife will find again each other in the next life, and next life, and next life. But you cannot go on eternally like that. At one point you will be separated. Uh, so it is said. So it is said that we think of two straw in the river, and two straw come together, so they'll go on for some time. You know, some straw might go on for a while, but at one point you'll get separated. So his uh, chess skills will also be at one point. Now it is remaining, you know, but at one point it will go away. So, because according to your karma, are you allowed to develop such intelligence? He's intelligent, he can play skills in chess because of pious activities. He's done something pious. But this piety cannot remain. Because unless you raise yourself to uh, you know higher realms of uh, religious life or spiritual understanding you will fall at one point so yes you managed to carry that but it's not going to be eternal so it's sat and asat it's not that we say just one life and then completely finish although maybe the money in his past life he cannot bring that's for sure you know but you're getting he's getting result of his pious activity that's all but that's gonna end. Okay. One more question: Why I choose ISKM over Escon Bangalore? Okay, that is a very different topic. Um, we don't have time to discuss that. One thing I can tell you is that in ISKM, we quote everything from propad books. Propad says right, we turn right. Propad says left, we turn left. We don't try to add anything. We don't try to remove anything or change anything. That's one thing, you know. We keep things as it is. So it's a safe place. There's no doubt. Hare Krishna Prabhuji. Kindly advise on challenges for working and non-working people to progress in devotional services. So work means you become entangled in uh, karmic fruitive activities. So to become freed from that, you have to use the fruit of your work in Krishna's service. You got a big give big, big donation, open-heartedly, give donation to the temple. Don't be a miser, you know, you give donation and you keep some, you know, for your family and yourself, but you should openly, with a kind heart, with a happy mood, you should give donation to temple, building projects, book distribution, distribution, all these things. That will help you to become purified from this uh, fruitive uh, mentality. So, you go on with your work, but as we have shown, don't over-engage in conversations with these people. You know, Keep your, your life simple. At work, you can chant, you can hear Prabhupada class. You try to be Krishna conscious as much as you can. And the fruit of your work, you give to the movement. Hare Krishna Prabhuji, whenever I chant Hare Krishna, something bad happens to me. Why this is happening with me? So I stop chanting. <laughs> bad means what, Prabhu? Bad means you're feeling disturbance in your comfort. That's what bad means. I'm comfortable, something bad happens, I'm discomfortable. Krishna, we've seen just now. Krishna will force one to advance spiritually. So because we're too attached, we cannot become renounced. We cannot give up this material enjoyment unless Krishna makes us feel the bitterness of material existence. So you should keep chanting. You know, you should be material life. And you mean to say that you stop chanting, now everything is good? You're seeing only rainbows? Right? So, please... Even though you stop chanting, bad things are going to keep happening to you anyway. But at least with the chanting, you'll get proper intelligence to understand that why these bad things are happening to me. But if you don't chant, you won't get transcendental intelligence. You'll just be bewildered. Oh, why these bad things are happening to me? What's going on? So don't give up chanting for any reason. You should keep on chanting. And you should read Prabhupada books. That's an important thing. If you just chant and don't read, how will you understand the philosophy? You know? You must, you must read Prabhupada's books. Have you read Bhagavad Gita as it is? This is important. We're not Hindus, you know, and the distinction between Hindu and, and this Krishna consciousness movement is this. Hindus have no knowledge. They do everything out of sentiments only. You know, it's not bad. They go to the temple, they worship God and all, but there's no knowledge. They don't know what is what. And this Krishna consciousness movement is here to create Brahmanas, you know, Brahmana Vaishnavas. We have got knowledge and we understand what is what, so you must fall into that category. If you want to be happy. Vrindavaneshwari Mataji. Hare Krishna Prabhuji. People say that father mother must be respected like God and offer obeisances to them and first listen to them. But if we do this, then we cannot abide by the orders of Guru. That's why um, Shila Sanatan Goswami quoted in his... Uh, was it Hari Bhakti Villas or Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu Rupa Goswami? We've read, right, in the purport that all the injunctions should be followed, and let's go back there. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, you see? So this is Bhakti Rasamita Sindhu, Sharupa Goswami. One should perform only those activities, either worldly or prescribed by Vedic rules, and regulations which are favorable for the cultivation of Krishna consciousness. So if because there are some verses like that in the Vedas that, you know, the father is like heaven, the mother is like the earth, and so on, so on. But are they favorable to your progress in Krishna consciousness? What if your father is telling you, No, I'm your father, I'm higher than heaven. You must eat meat. Are you gonna listen? No, because it's not favorable for Krishna consciousness. So, but if they're telling you things like keep your room tidy, do this, that, okay, no problem, these are good instructions, you know, but if they're telling you things that will be detrimental to your spiritual advancement, then you should not listen, you know, but
1: uh, your four principles, you know, monomity. Okay, there was a little bit of disconnection, just now I think
0: so you pray to the Lord again you know pray to Krishna to make arrangement to help you surrender for you for a young woman like you uh, the, your way out is to get a devotee husband you know, that would be that would be a great blessing for you I don't live alone I have a wife and two children <clears throat> you follow Vallabhacharya lineage am I correct? So in this age, um, especially this uh, go, uh, Madhva Godhya Sampradaya is empowered because the Lord himself took uh, his appearance in our lineage. <clears throat> so if you chant Hare Krishna, that's the main point. You know, We don't say uh, this or that, but uh, you should you should follow the instructions of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which is to chant the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. So if you're in that, that Sampradaya or this Sampradaya, if you chant Hare Krishna, which is bona fide shastra it's not that we have different shastra for different sampradaya the vedas are there right so Kali Santana Upanishad it is said that it's in this age of Kali you must chant the Hare Krishna Mahamantra hmm. <clears throat> so if you chant Hare Krishna Mahamantra then but you know we seeing that Prabhupada has spread this Krishna consciousness throughout the whole world so why is Krishna or Vishnu why is the Supreme Lord has made this arrangement? Something is there. He wants us to be, you know, especially connected with Shila Prabhupada. So if your family follows Varabacharya, there's nothing wrong with that, but you can, there's no opposition in reading Prabhupada's book and chanting Hare Krishna, right? So you should do that. As far as syllabus is concerned, today I was about to break down, but then I started chanting and viewed your videos and Prabhupada's songs and recovered from that mindset. Thank you. We're very happy of that. Uh, this is the whole thing, sadhu sangha, sadhu sangha, sarva sastrahaya, you know, you must keep sadhu sangha. If you give up sadhu sangha, boom, maya sangha, there's nothing in between, that's the thing. So increase your association of devotees, then you'll be protected. I think airplane mode is a good idea at the time of our sadhana, yes. Prabhuji, one family says that because of you practicing Krishna consciousness, all problems and troubles are coming in the house. Krishna in the house, so what we must do in that situation? So they never had any problems before you became a devotee. You know, they their problem is because now their plans that they had for you are is being um, disturbed. So they're saying there's problem. But you should show them no, there's no problem. I'm becoming a better person. I'm developing some good qualities you know, because I'm trying to follow another way of life that the one you want me to follow, you're saying that it is a problem, but I feel happy, don't you want my happiness, you know, so we have seen, anyway, Maharaj Daksha was accusing Narada Manu of so many things, you know, so you, what to do, you have to tolerate, what can you do, Pralad Maharaj tolerated Yanaka Shippu's torture of him, so you tolerate, Mataji, you tolerate, and uh, when they speak to you like this, then you can give, you keep your calm and you give some logical answers. That's, oh, you were never unhappy before I became a devotee, right? You know, why are you blaming this? What is wrong in not eating meat? No intoxication. Do you mean to say that these slaughterhouses is a good thing? The whole world is killing these poor animals. Is that good? Huh? These uh alcohol how many people are drunk do, do drunk people appear like being very nice citizens do they good good deeds for the society huh? all these people who are fighting beating their wives and all while being drunk intoxication do you mean to say that all these drunkers these i don't participate in these all these things i don't contribute to all of that uh, gambling, people lose their entire house and break their family apart. I follow these principles of purity. Aren't you happy that your daughter is, is becoming purified like that? Hmm? Why? I'm not changing, you know, it's not that I'm uh, renouncing and going to the forest and all. I just want to be chanting a little bit Hare Krishna and reading Bhagavad Gita. Why do you say that? Why do you blame me for everything that is occurring? All I want is to bring, you know, auspiciousness for our family. So you should speak your heart in this way, you know, try to get to them. But at the same time, you know, if they don't change, then you must you must tolerate. What can you do? You know, as we have seen, Krishna is is trying to put us in some difficulty to show us that this is material relationships. So you must be ready to give that up also at one point. If if somehow or other you manage to get married to a devotee family, then uh, a dev- devotee husband then material family side should start to diminish you know? Prabhuji have you ever thought of visiting the dams, being Vrindavan Mathura and other dams? They, they help in progressing spiritually and in every other way yeah surely when the Lord will be pleased with me then I'll be able to go is there anything as soul mate exists because these things we listen from our childhood are these foolish concepts uh, this is a foolish concept, you know, soulmate. I mean, as I said, some souls follow each other for a couple of lives. Huh? That's all. But the real soulmate is Krishna. He's our eternal soulmate. So the, all this stuff is some fairy tale created by women, and men become captivated by those. You know? Modern parents, they misunderstand grihamidi as grihastha, which is not true at all. Yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, Prabhuji, Daksha Prajapati cannot be called as a demon as he cursed Narada Muni. Well, he has some demonic tendencies, but you know, he's a son of Lord Brahma. And um, as we saw, he, he, uh, he told his sons to go and do some meditation and follow. You know, he's a pious householder, but doesn't mean that he's not materially attached. So pious householders... Uh, also can act as demon just like all your parents uh, you know they're pious otherwise how can they get you as a devotee right so they're pious there's some piety there but they sometimes criticize devotees like demon so demonic uh, you know because three modes of material nature always rotate there's always uh, krishna says a fight for supremacy sometimes sometimes even though we might have some qualities a bit more in goodness and passion and ignorance will come in so demonic quality can resurface, but that doesn't mean that the person is a demon. You know. So uh, Maharaj Daksha is not a demon, but he did commit offense and later on, because he was actually, uh, you know, uh, uh, <clears throat> I mean to say, a pious man, uh, son of Brahma, he was uh, shown mercy by Lord Shiva. He was completely brought back to his senses at one point, you know, and then he surrendered to Lord Shiva. So that was Krishna's mercy, actually, to remove his trace of pride and so on. Okay. Best thing is to give them a friend, uh, a book, you know. How would you suggest preaching to these karmi friends? I live in a society where Chinese people are the majority of the community. Preaching means distributing Prabhupada books. Our five, five minutes of preaching won't do much. So you give them a book. That's the best thing. Okay, give them some prashadam also if you can. Okay, I think uh, we've done a lot. You know, I don't know if we've covered all angles. Probably not, but we've tried our best. So we've reached the three hours threshold. So thank you very much. Um, I hope that you found this uh, this class. Um, I mean to say, beneficial, and uh, if you think so, you can share it also with others. We're sorry that we're giving such long classes. I know some people don't like too long classes, but anyway, you know, uh, we're speaking as long as it needs to be spoken. So thank you very much. Um, Thank you for your association. Thank you for coming, and thank you for giving me a chance to speak. Anantika divaishnavarinda ki jai, shra prahupara ki jai. Janithaya
1: goopramarandi, hari hari go.